everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Melfuzz TV. This is episode 187. I am Peter and I'm joined as always by Matt. Hey, what's up? And Connor's here too. Yeah, and Pete's cooking the numbers. How am I cooking the numbers? Are you not happy this is not uh, 186 part 2? Oh, oh, 0.5, I would have accepted that. 0.25. This is so clunky. No, 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 no. This is 187, uh, but this is the second half of a week of books because we had so many books. If I, if you, you know, if, let's say you've not been paying attention this past weekend to your, your, your feed. And you've downloaded this first because it's the newest one. And I'm about to read a list of books. So you're going to say, but wait a minute, where's Doomsday Clock? Why, why are you talking about Doomsday Clock? Because we did that already. We did... We did half the books already in 186, uh, so make sure you go back and get that episode. But this is 187, and this, and obviously we didn't do our best of the week at the end of the last episode because we're waiting until we've done all the books. So coming up on this episode, on this show, uh, we're going to talk about Aquaman 55, Legion of Superheroes issue 2, Shazam issue 9, Jimmy Olsen issue 6, Metal Men issue 3, Harleen issue 3, Batman Last Night on Earth issue 3, Joker Killer Smile issue 2, and Basketful of Heads issue 3. Uh, so there's like four issue threes in there. I was going to say, that bizarrely. felt like a lot of threes. A lot of threes. A lot of threes. Um, and two of them are finale issues as well. So uh, And huge. And relatively huge, yes. Uh, I'll have a read Last Night on Earth, so I don't know how long that was. but Nearly as long oh, as Oh, I, I did. <laughs> that sounds like a happy man. It's one of those ones where you wish you didn't. <laughs> I have a feeling Connor's going to disagree with you. Uh, I'm saying nothing till we get there. Uh, I, I have thoughts. Okay. Uh, you guys and your flyer for the dramatic, just out with it already. <laughs> <clears throat> You'll see. I don't have thoughts. I don't read it. <laughs> my, my, my thoughts were had before I even read issue one. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. Hands in the air. That was, that was my thoughts. <laughs> Smart. Well, I often think so, Matt. So, Even though the first two issues, at least, were great, I wouldn't call that smart. What, so if the ending sucks, and I feel like I've wasted my whole time? Like that, that, seems, that seems like a smart choice to me. I don't know, uh, the first two issues better, were still this, pretty enjoyable. You could say this is a better conversation for something else, <laughs> as well. Uh. In which case, my argument holds true in both cases, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Oh man. Okay. Well, yeah, we got books. Uh, no news, no, no, nothing like that. Um, this will be a straight, simple episode uh, of, of the nine books and then our best stuff of the week um, because it is part two, essentially, of a week. Um, and it's still got nine books. It's still got nine books. And part one, for the record, just about hit three hours with eight books. But admittedly, 80 minutes of that were Doomsday Clock. So. Do you know the worst place? I'm pretty sure nine books might be more than whatever we have on the next episode. It most certainly is, actually. I'll be telling you at the end what's coming uh, next, not next week, but the following uh, week. Uh, following normal episode yes uh, of course we actually still have our episode though at the regular time this weekend because it's our annual episode and i'll tell you about that now because what i'm going to do is i'm going to have a google doc for everyone at home to uh sort of vote a little bit on your best of the year because obviously in the annual episode we pick our best of the year do our top 10 books uh and we do pick our favorite artist writer and so on uh, the whole year so could I give you guys a chance to vote in that as well and it won't affect our picks but it'll be something we can add on to each section is hey okay so this is what everyone else voted for at home uh, and we'll see how much they line up with what we end up deciding um, 
So uh, I think that the idea is this year we're going to have our individual top 10 series, uh, but we'll do the same thing as we've done before where we sort of debate who the best art or best writer uh, and so on. Maybe best and worst kind of moment of the year and um, that kind of thing. So uh, that's what's coming on the annual episode, annual number four, coming at the usual time on Sunday uh, or a little bit early for patrons on uh, sometime on the Saturday night. But uh, this episode, though, is straight to business, Aquaman 55, uh, which is Kelly Sue DeConnick and Robson Roca on the art. And I lost my file with all the names, so if I feel, so if, so like I'm hesitating with the names <laughs> as I'm doing creators, that's why. Uh, but it's fine. We'll survive. So, Aquaman 55. Um, I thought it was a solid issue. Uh, I think last issue suffered a little bit. This one uh, was mostly action, but uh, Roka was on art, art the whole issue as opposed to last time where it was kind of a shared duty with Jesus mm-hmm. Marino. And I thought the mech fighting stuff with the, the monster and even Mira doing her kind of like giant water version of herself uh, were both pretty fun visuals to, to play around with. Yeah, that, that yeah. was pretty rad. Kelly Sue's killing it with this like moments in this book. Because um, when, when she had the realization that Mara is the monster too, uh, mm. early on, you and then you saw the mecha, you kind of knew what's happening. I wasn't expecting gigantic water mirror though. No, yeah. that was pretty cool. It's actually not <laughs> the only issue this week where I was impressed with mech-sized action. More than that later. Ah. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, I think uh, like because the mana inclusion into this this run uh, felt a little bit forced because of the whole year of the villain stuff uh-huh. uh, in places. But I think this issue was the one that I just completely forgot why he was here and just kind of enjoyed. I what I was still happening. found all the time that the mech mantid daddy was talking yep. was kind of just I wasn't feeling it at all. It feels um, off. Yeah, all of the conversations just, it's just felt off, like Matt said, um, but the action was great, so it kind of made up for it. Yeah, I mean, it didn't really bother me in this issue, but I, this, at the same time, I didn't really like it either. It was just kind of, it's there, you know, it's yeah. just doing what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's kind of banded together. There's some nice pages there when uh, Arthur kind of comes through the water when they find him again. Yeah. Uh, he, he kind of, there's this great page of all these, like, thin, like, you know, vertical panels of him, like, sort of rising to the surface, uh, which were really pretty. Um and when he gets out of the water, it's literally Mira with a giant water hand holding him. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so they they finally have kind of their reunion, and they get a few words with each other, sort of mid fight. Uh, of course, Mira, after draining herself by fighting the mech uh, along with Aqualad, who kind of like has to sort of join alongside her to have enough power. Mm-hmm. At the end of the issue, she collapses, and we end in a bit of a cliffhanger of like, oh dear. Um, so it's entirely possible she might miscarriage. Uh, like I feel like that's what we're <laughs> kind of teasing here. I mean. Or- I mean, having a uh, Aztec fertility god there, I think she'll be okay. And, <laughs> you think that'll and, help? You know, not not to do too much spoiler stuff, but I'm pretty sure there's been some uh, some stuff in solicits and such that uh-huh. implied that, that but, there is a child. But not everyone's crazy like us, Connor. So yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I, I mean, I don't know for whatever reason, it, I, I don't think this would have ever have struck me as anything was actually going to go that wrong. I don't know. No, Comics, but. I guess. but in in continuity, if you know your Aquaman, they do have a baby that gets you yeah. know, fridged for lack of a better term. Yeah. Mm. So, <clears throat> if you're a longtime Aquaman fan, I could see the the worry. But again, knowing that Locke was there with her, like I'm, I'm that's what I'm counting on. I'm I'm going out of the story here because mm. I, I don't think 
like the fact that Kelly Sue did so much research into these, you know, aqua gods, you know, uh, they're 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 just not there for no reason, right? Like it's kind of interesting so. that, that that this one's a fertility god, but mm-hmm. linked with the sea. That's that's pretty right. unusual. Yeah, that that's the Aztec gods though too, because water was such a. I mean, if you know about the Aztec myth mm. of 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 their major city where Mexico City is now, it was all underwater. And they had to build the like, from you know. It, it makes sense given that you know water yeah. is life. Yep. But generally speaking, most cultures, uh, the fertility goddesses would right. generally link with the earth rather than right. Water. Yeah. So, um, but I, there's another one too, and I can't remember. I just remember Locke because I looked that up mm. uh, for the annual because he was the one that they thought was you know with the missing children and whatnot. Yeah. Or with the dog, or it was the dog with the children. Yeah, yeah so. well, it's notably set after this issue, so this is actually right. gets us back up to date with the where the annual was set. Um, yeah. Also, so, uh, Jackson Aqualad, he, he got the lightning power. Yeah, that that's new, right? As far as I know, um, yeah, I still haven't seen him use it before. Um, yeah. I will say just on the art as well obviously the monster stuff looked really good mm-hmm. I also really like the panel where uh, it's just before he goes even bigger than he was before because as, as we find out the, the, the hatred and the fighting is actually just making right. the monster stronger and stronger uh, oh. but there's a page where he kind of smiles as he's starting to turn into the monster again and the tentacles are coming around his face um, yeah. I thought that panel looked in particular very good yeah. uh, so uh, no I mean it, this was all art and action for the most part not a whole lot in terms of uh sort of writing beats. I mean, there's a couple of good moments, don't get me wrong, but, like, this was all about the spectacle, and I think the spectacle actually paid off. There was moments where Mecha Manta was just, like, standing in the water, and the water was only up to its knees, and it just, the scale felt quite good, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice. Cool. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and then there was the thing about Mar and the monster that he is, is that it's drawn to the hatred, and so I think that's curious as to see exactly why he showed back up, because it wasn't just because of Manta, no, right. he was coming before Manta. That, right. that was well established, I think. So, we'll see where that's going. I mean, this is really good Aquaman, though. Like, we're we're very fortunate that Aquaman's kind of on the rise right now. Yeah, Aquaman's actually been pretty solid for the most part since Rebirth started, and that's kind of a yeah. weird thing to say because Aquaman mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily Deserves always it. you know get to the the top of the pile in that sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mecha head gets gets swiped off by Mira. Yeah, because it's more like a like a ejection. Because basically, Black Man is gonna take himself out. Mm. You know, like a almost like a kamikaze kind of thing. But the AI that is his dad won't let him because yeah. he says as as dad he outranks Captain. So like, I, and I understand that moment and the whole fatherhood thing with with Arthur and a pregnant Mara. So I appreciate that it's tied there, but still, the voice for the AI was seemed off. Yeah, I get the point of it, like you say, the thematic link. It's just, I don't know, just it, it never really worked, did it? This this no. whole Aqua Daddy. Uh, it seems to be gone because also we're probably going to start a new arc soon, so I don't even know if Manta's yeah. going to be. I mean, maybe maybe it will be. Maybe Manta's still going to factor in the subplots, yeah. but uh, that that could be him for a little while now. Um, yeah. All right, Matt, what are you giving it? Uh, I'm going to give this an eight. I like this issue. Got it. Uh, I'm just going to go with a straight seven. It's it's a solid action yeah um um, i'll go with 7.5 i'll split the difference so that is uh that is aquaman 55 that'll take us on to legion of superheroes issue 2 written by ryan michael benders art by ryan sook 
uh, obviously, uh, you know, we started last issue. Uh, still tons of characters. Um, I am, mm-hmm. the chances of me knowing any names beyond a couple of people are pretty slim here. Uh, you know the major three, right? Yeah, sure. Lightning Lad, yeah. Saturn Girl, and. Uh, right. And then you know Brainy. And Brainy, of, sure. Of Supergirl, right? Yes. Uh, Wildfire, he's, he's the guy with the, the cool Power Ranger get up. There's, there's a point, though, about two thirds of this issue where they're split into teams, and like, I'll take this squad yep. of these like four people, I'll take this squad of this four people. And they mentioned all these names, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, man, you Patreon people, let's give Pete some, some Legion to get him. <laughs> like. There's so uh, many names. Uh, the, but, the way Kitson would help him a lot, because that introduces people. That's all I'm saying. The, uh, so just this issue, though, is that they're dealing with an attack from the... the uh, oh, what was the name of the group? The aliens. I gotta look it up. Damn it. Sounds um, uh, so with an H. Yeah, they get attacked, and they're dealing with the fact that they're after the Aquaman's trident, which... Uh, activates, John's got it, Superboy's got it, and he's like, trying to, like, in the middle of the fight, he's going away with it, and it essentially ex- explodes with water, it's like a water explosion, um, and it, it contains after, like, the initial little blast, but it, they basically describe it as, there was it was like an entire ocean was trying to get out of it, yeah. uh, so, something funny is going on here with Aquaman's trident. Um, yeah, so so the group has got the Horaz. The Horaz, yes. Yep. Um, uh, is obviously behind them or involved with them as well. They mentioned mm-hmm. that a couple of times. Um, uh, I particularly enjoyed the scene where Rose goes to the president of yep. the the UP, the UP, uh, and t- <laughs> try- tries to sort of explain what's going on with Superboy and that. And the president is pissed that she-, she was not informed of Superboy being brought here from the from the past. And you know, Rose has to explain that to others. But Rose kind of, you know. Gives us some back talk. She's she's not exactly just regal yeah. about it. It's a uh, very attitude heavy. Um, I like it. It it tells me that Rose has learned from Thorn over the millennia, right? They've been stuck together, so um, that because this is all Rose, right? It's, it doesn't have mm-hmm. the scratchy, but there's just basically like you know telling her that um, basically telling her like yeah. Superboy's there, but being that the Legion is kind of outside your jurisdiction, you know, you can be upset all you want, but there's not much you can do. Yeah, um, uh, and presence Daxamite for for the record, just in case right? that's, that may be Daxum. important later. But um, yep. uh, so yeah, and she releases back to everyone else. Uh, they're still deciding what to do with the uh, the Trident. They've got it in kind of like a stasis orb yep. for the time being. Uh, and they split into teams. They're going to go check into things. Uh, one team's going to go to uh, you know Planet Gotham, which obviously John freaks out about. He's like, "Wait, Planet Gotham? Right. What? What? What?" Um, and that's he, all he cares about. Uh, yeah, like that's all he hears. And then while everyone else is doing other stuff, he's supposed to check like this. Um, what what they keep calling it? The orientation presentation. Yes. And, uh, well, he's left yeah. behind because he wants to go with the team yeah. to Planet Gotham, but he's told to stay behind right. and watch the orientation because uh, Saturn Girl actually outright calls him out for forgetting her name because obviously she's yep. she's reading his mind. Uh, which did actually make me feel a little bit, okay, all right. <laughs> John's kind of in the same boat as me. He has no idea who anyone is. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of right. like using that as a, a narrative device. Uh, I can get into that. Um, so, yeah. And then Ultra Boy f- factors in here a lot as well, uh, yep. talking about his father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a general, and 
And, you know, he doesn't like the idea of the Legion of Superheroes or really the UP. Mm -hmm. He kind of just tolerates it. Um, And that he's going to be really upset uh, knowing that the Legion now has the Trident. So, but yeah, there's some nice character stuff with Ultra Boy about, you know, him not telling them who he was really. Like his dad is this big to do on his home planet of Rimbord. Yeah, um, but he's, he was he's embarrassed just, by it. He's ashamed from where he comes from, yeah. Um, yeah. And the others so, are kind of like, no, you know what? You'd be surprised how many of us actually kind of relate yeah. to that. But the, I mean, the issue goes through all these various beats. So the, the big thing I think that most people are going to talk about is the fact that John at the end, uh, when he's left alone, is like, well, Planet Gotham, I have to go get someone now. Yeah. And then the last page is him picking up Damien in present day t- so he can take him to the future and show him Planet Gotham. Uh, so, I mean... It's a solid issue. It's, it's, it's funny because I, I still think this is like at the bottom of my Bendis pile right now. It's not necessarily hit a stride yep. yet where it feels... And I, I know it's only issue two, right? I, I get that before anyone says anything. But yeah. I, I feel like he's Superman and his action and his Young Justice and Event Leviathan and Naomi especially. Like all yeah. those like came out just firing, guns blazing. And it didn't feel like there was any time to sort of settle in. This one I feel like... Like I, I mean, again, I, I enjoyed the Millennium issues more than these two, mm-hmm. but I still, I mean, this was still fine. Like there was, there wasn't, it yeah. Wasn't bad. There's, there's nothing actually wrong with it, but after reading Doomsday Clock and the stuff <laughs> of the Metaverse, I'm like, my my Legion's out there, somewhere. Well, and that's I, actually I there's, I, there's a reference to uh, a Doomsday Clock thing in here because uh, uh-huh. when uh, Superboy shows up, uh, I think it's Rose who asks. She says, um. You know, like wait, as in as in John Kent, like Superman's son, or as in Superman when he's a young uh, Superboy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, th- and that's immediately referencing the fact that that's back in continuity. So right. they did. And I almost wonder, like, when they were just because obviously I don't know when this exactly this was written, but right. I almost wonder if, like, when it became clear when that final issue of Doomsday Clock was going to hit, um, that Bendis realized, oh, it's maybe the same days, but this Legion issue, and he he made a right. point of putting this little little wink wink to it. Yeah. Um, so just just knowing that and like i don't have a connection to this legion and their earth's super weird you know like it's very sci-fi um like again it's fine i it's just not my favorite and i have high expectations for a legion book so i've been asking for one for the last you know three four years so yes you know <laughs> uh, but again it's not bad it's you know I like all the beats here like when them splitting off to go to the different planets and you know um... I think I think right now and especially for me not really been as used to a lot of these characters is that right now John is the only one I sort of feel as a character everyone else is just kind of there yeah. it, it, I think what will really change this is if we start getting points where okay no like Saturn Girl will get an issue we really just spend time with her and she'll have a little arc mm-hmm. and we'll see what she's going through and I'll yeah. start to care about the others as, as they maybe do that right now it's a list of names that don't really mean much to me uh, and it's just them shouting out things that well they're mid fighting or it's whatever and it's fine so far but like um, I am going to have to sort of form an attachment to the rest of these characters at some point so uh, but I mean it looks good uh, it flows well enough um, yeah. I, I think I do think there's one of those like big dinner table pages but maybe there was a bit, bit too text heavy where I sort of looked yeah. to the page and went oh geez that's a busy page uh, yeah, super bendis but um, yeah but it's fine it's, 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 a, it's a solid fine good issue as is aware yeah so uh, what are you giving it maybe it was uh, 7.5 
Yeah, I'll go with a straight seven on this one. Um, so, this book sounds like my worst nightmare. <laughs> kind of. I mean... It sounds like the worst parts of Bendis that I hate turned up to maximum. Yeah, especially if you have no tie to the Legion. Then you're a lot like Pete, trying to piece things together yeah. while you're trying to deal with all the dialogue that's coming out. Because there was a couple times where I was reading this and I went, what's going on on, on Twitter? <laughs> Just to take a, a, a break for a second. So It's always yeah. a good sign. Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so that's uh, Legion of Superheroes. That'll take us on to Shazam issue nine. Uh, and I actually didn't, uh, I didn't realize I was putting two Connor or not Connor yeah. books back to back, but you dick. Hey, <laughs> hey, we're following really quickly get, here. It's not, it's get, not... get caught yeah, up, Connor, because although I still don't like where part of this went, <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, I saw some spoilers, not intentionally, yeah. just headlines are, are shit, let's be honest, yeah. on the internet, and uh. And it, I had context for it because of what you guys were talking about last right. issue. And I went, ooh, okay. I, I'm looking forward to, to, to hearing you guys not be happy about that. Yeah, well, it's, it's not so much a not so happy. It's just, I feel like John's are trying to do too much. Uh, which... just, just for the record here, uh, uh, Jeff John's writing with the art by Daily Eagle Shim, Scott Collins, and Marco Santucci. So we got three R's. I think that's worth uh, right. Back up out. again. Yeah, but, but these are broken up into... The different worlds where where they're going on mm. so it, it flows a lot better than some of the other issues have where it kind of just felt like we're just trying to get this out yeah so That's fair. um yeah yeah so the wazenderlands super weird still but yeah this is the weird thing uh, is this issue and maybe maybe this was hinted at before but this issue made it very clear that this was uh, Wizard of Oz mixed with uh, Alice in Wonderland uh, to the point where the characters in it re- refer to the fact that Alice and, and uh, Dorothy. Dorothy like combined the place themselves yeah. and are kind of like the not the rulers but like they're <laughs> like I don't know and like, weird bit of uh, what, mythology going on I here think of literary places I understand why Oz why John's would pick Oz and Wonderland because they're both these places where you know kids you know like the, uh, children's fantasy yeah right and so these are places like the fun lands right that, that kids would want to go i just uh, you find out at the end that the reason that they got smashed together was an invasion by the monster lands and it consumed one of them so they you know brought them there but you still have the witches at play you know and and, and you know the queen of hearts and it just feels like a mismatch and there's a lot yeah there's a lot happening here i will say there was underlying stuff like i was happy to see everyone back together again um yep. and obviously i was happy that because what, what was happening here is that obviously at last issue ended with uh billy's dad becoming like the seventh you know shazam family member uh, and this issue starts with them fighting black adam mary's there as well but mary's power starts shutting out after a couple of punches she like just zaps and she's back to being mary but then when they're back in there was underlands after this when they sort of retreat um, not intentionally, might I add. This is kind of right. like against their, their they will. Old. Yeah. yeah. Um, they like Mary's back to being, you know, superhero again, and then she unmerifies or she unshazams, and like it's going back and forth, and it happens with the, with the dad as well, and it's like what's happening. And the wizard shows up with all the all the others that he's collected, so everyone's back together again. So that was nice to see, and the wizard explains yeah your heart's kind of torn between right now so the, the powers are literally fluctuating between your dad and the, everyone else because you're, you're conflicted as to who your family really is so you're going to have to choose 
and Billy, you know, stresses over this choice for like a minute. And to be fair, I did like that his dad said, "Hey, you shouldn't pick me. Like, like you know, I've not been yeah. here. I want to be in your life I, again, but you shouldn't pick me for this because you know I've not right, been here." Yeah. And also, I'm a grown man that just realized magic really exists. Maybe I'm not the best person for this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, basically, Billy says, "Well, screw this. I get to pick who my family is, so I just pick everyone." So the final, you know, we end with well, not what's well, not the final page, but we end kind of this, that that part with like everyone suited up, and the wizard's like, "It's impossible." And all I could think was, "Well, technically, I mean, everything says it's supposed to be seven, right?" So, right, you know, if if he does just kind of accept in his heart that this is all his family, then I suppose why why is this why does this seem so impossible? Yeah. This feels quite not naturally. I, just, I almost wish that the dad thing didn't come up like two issues ago. Mm. I wish it kind of started it off with it, or we got you know, remember when they did the backup in the first issue yeah. about the bunny? I almost wish there was backups about Billy's dad or something. Just because now it just feels oh. so fast. Like, Billy, you're not even sure if this really is your dad. Like, he tracked you down. You know, and you're just sharing your power willy-nilly. So, um, but yeah, also at the end, it, it, Mr. Mine and Savannah, sounds like they're going to recruit King Kid uh, to have on their side for when they attack uh, the Shazam family. So, uh, but yeah, I almost feel like John's is doing too much. It's still a fun read. Like, I had a lot of fun reading it. Yeah, and I I was ready to not like the the addition of Billy's dad, but when he goes, no, I choose who my family is, and I, I really do like that message. Yeah. That he uh, can have both. Yeah, I mean, and this is the thing. Like, I like that message, and I also don't think that he's going to be around for a while. I I feel like this is a thing that will be done by the end of the arc, maybe, or maybe next yeah. arc it will be kind of yeah. is when it all falls apart. But I almost felt this was like two issues with the stuff thrown into one. Because the Black Adam and and uh, Sins thing is kind of just thrown out. Yeah, um, well, yeah, this is the thing. Black Adam doesn't really like Savannah uh, right. or Mr. Mind, and he kind of intends on, like, beating them once he's, like, got all the power back. Because basically, he wants all the power back from Billy and that. To, so, right. he's, he's, so he's super powerful, and he can go after the, the real villains stuff, as he wants to do. Yeah, standard. Um. Yeah. So the end, yeah the end is basically just like yeah yeah we're about to do this so that we can take over all the magic lands and all the the realms and we're going to you know win yep. basically because <laughs> uh, well, it sounds like all the, it's not really so much that they want to work with King Kid they just want him to be functional right now as a distraction so that they can get away right, with what they're doing. Right. That's what I mean. They're, they're yeah. kind of recruiting him into their side, but I, I know, would say manipulating him share. almost rather yeah, than yeah. Yeah, so because he just wants the power of Shazam for himself. Uh, you know, he wants to be that seventh member. And I wasn't super into the art. Like, like obviously, different sections of different artists, but like there yeah. was definitely some that I wasn't feeling that much. Where faces yeah. felt a little bit iffy. Um, yeah. uh, I think when they were all waking up, for example, when the land and there was underlands, uh, I was yeah. feeling like it just it looked a bit off to me. Um, which is a shame because this book started with good art, but then very very yeah. quickly they had to start. You know, having multiple Whoever artists. They could get. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the art's been super inconsistent, which is a shame. Um. But I mean, I think the issue again, like you say, it's enjoyable enough to read. John's writing for me always flows really well. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. Uh. Just hopefully, hopefully it can smooth out a little bit as we as we keep going, and um. Just put more John, John's on more things because John's mm-hmm. should be on more things. So I'm saying. <laughs> So I'm saying, all right, uh, but yeah, okay, sure. Um, how are you giving it? I'm gonna give it a seven. Like it's perfectly fine, not great, 
Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with a 6.5. Uh, but a weaker one for me, this one. Um, do you know what the problem is with the books on this half? Is that we clearly front-loaded the first half with some of the bigger stuff. Um, so... Uh, they're at a little bit of a disadvantage. It, it wasn't necessarily the things that we were most excited to read, although it happened to be in that way in a lot of it, yeah. but more just which are the, the high-profile... You know, we had the, the ending of Doomsday Club, the ending of Batman, yeah. uh, well, King's Run, you know, uh, yeah. new Suicide Squad. Yeah, the end of Batman. Yeah. Hey, hey, we've got another ending of Batman coming up. We we, we, we made a bigger deal about that last week, or last episode, if it was, a, if it was the actual end of Batman. You know what I meant. Um, but then you know we we had also you know a new event book started last you know in the last episode so of course that went in in there yeah so yeah no that's uh that is Shazam um and then that takes on to Jimmy Olsen number six uh so uh, that of course is Matt Fraction and Steve Lieber uh, on the art so uh, you guys can take this away it is of course still fantastic yep. It, the story's starting to come together now, where you're starting to see the full picture. Yeah, this one's to... jumping around in time quite a bit over yeah. things that we've seen in the book so far, and it's like right. you know, little like snippets here or there with some other context. Yeah, so I don't know if I brought it up last time uh, on the last issue that came out, but we, we brought up uh, Jix, the, the jewel thief, yeah. or if I just talked about this elsewhere. Like, what was that about? How come we haven't seen her since? Well, we get to see her here. And it looks like she's marrying some devil dude. Um, yep. Seems against her will. But then they, the the robot that's performing the ceremony, because of course it's a Matt Fraction book, so things don't quite make sense. Um, he's like, well, she can't because she's married. And then she ends up like not getting married, but being mad about Jimmy, right? Because Jimmy was supposed to, supposed to sell the it. divorce or a normal, yeah, right. as soon as they got back. And he obviously didn't. Right, so now she's coming to, to get that, and then um, Jimmy <laughs> ends up in jail for a night, um, and a guy basically, like, the, the prisoners don't want anything to do with him, not the prisoners, but the people, like, in the holding cell, because he's Superman's friend, and he's untouchable. But some guy decides, like, oh, no, I'm no one's untouchable to me. Um, and he ends up coming at Jimmy with a shiv as he's getting out. But you see, like, heat vision? Covered in through the Come, window. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so, mind you, later in the issue, Superman says, like, he doesn't want to be involved in all this. He was still looking out for him. Well, and this is what gets me with the way the faction's telling the story. It's so almost out of order. Oh, yeah, because this bit here uh -huh. in the prison is the night before the assassination happened. Right. So... It's after that point then that Superman. So we're having to put this together like Memento style, kind of, right? Is, yeah, right. And so you see all that, and and then you find out that the assassin, which I thought was a fun page, the assassin is uh, this this guy, and I think his name he's, is he's guy, called, right? He's Nathan Guy. <laughs> Nathan Guy, and he's like the top assassin, and you see him, and he's kind of being self-reflective of what it means to be a hitman. And, like, he kind of, you know, but as he's having those thoughts, he still decides to shoot Jimmy and then has second thoughts about it, shoots him a couple more times. But we all know this is the, the decoy yeah. that the professor gave him. And we also see Metamorpho in, in the apartment. Yeah, again, because uh, it is that scene. Just this is, right? you know, from the a different, shooter's perspective. You know, I said Memento, this is more like Rashomon when you think about it, because it's for different perspectives thus far. 
Yeah, yeah. Right. So it, it reminds me a lot of like a a spy movie, you know, where where mm-hmm. there's all the double cross in it, and it'll play out, right. and then it'll rewind and show you the the double, right. you know, the same events, but as the double cross, and it'll do that like right. three times in a movie. And it so we see like that, it. and then uh, he gets picked up by Tess Mocker and in a Lex, uh, in a Lex cab. cab, where <laughs> right. And, and Lex is basically like, hey, man, you're operating here without my say-so. Like, I'm the big boss in, in Metropolis. And basically, he's going to question him on who put up the hit on Jimmy. And the dude takes a cyanide capsule. You know, and this is after we see him go to the museum and wonder about getting back together with his ex-wife. And all, all very funny fraction, like little moments to breathe. Yep. Um, he takes that and, <laughs> and Lex has to watch him die from the monitor. Which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, and he's like, right? "Well, another great mystery." Right, and so we we see that Jimmy was in jail overnight, but the charges were dropped. But he doesn't understand why he was there. Well, we find out that Lex put him in there for his own safety. Yeah, no Lex one can assassinate him. He he called in Jim Corrigan the third, right? Which is not not the not Spectre, the, Jim not the Spectre, just a, diff- a different, different. Yeah. Yep. Which is a fun uh, bit. Yeah. Who can ironically dish out uh, punishments of the supernatural kind? Yeah, yeah. but not him. This is yeah. a different one. Yeah. yeah. Who he still wears a green blazer though. Yep, still a green blazer. He kind of looks like Chris McAllen too, or Christmas Allen. Yeah. The, yeah. the you know the one that took over after Corian. Um, that was a Rucker character from I think it was Rucker. Rucker Brubaker from Gotham Central. Yeah, he was in Gotham Central. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so. Because it um, for Lex, he's like, well, wait, what did Jimmy do that someone's trying to kill him? And so now you have Lex Luthor putting together on the case. You have Lois putting it together. You got Jimmy, who's completely oblivious, really to anything that's going on. And then at the end, Batman ends up on the case. So, yeah, um, I, I, you know, this this book is so funny, though, because it makes a point of telling you Jimmy's full name a few times in the book. Yeah. Uh, which which has Jimberly. a great payoff at the very end. Yeah, yeah. James yep. Bartholomew Jimberly Jimmy also. Right. Um, it, it makes a point of saying that like three or four times mm-hmm. over the course of the book. And yeah. um, we get to, to Superman and the Doctor that came out of the Ultra Zone, um, or yep. whatever it was called. Ultra and Space, I think. And Ultra it, Space. It's with Lois as well, and they're in the fortress. Yep. And he's doing the, you know, Kryptonian science with the crystals and stuff. And yeah. he basically and- he tries to bring up that Time isn't a flat circle. It's a it's a round square. And yeah. he's seeing pieces when he was there of Jimmy's life, right? And the history and what you know has been going on. And, and it almost like makes we're it sound like the, the old timey yeah. Olsen stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost like Jimmy's the key to the the ultra space. Yeah. especially what's going on now it does and then um, we see you know, we see a glimpse of what looks to be jimmy being carried by the robots and it looks like the yep. robot that like, was was uh marrying the yep. uh, jicks and the other so, so who knows and he on. he's having a hard time managing but but lois is writing all this down and superman keeps doing you know doing the fingers in his ears going i don't want to know la 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 yeah because lois writes down just, just keep it away from all x-ray eyes over there yep yep and uh, so yeah, so as I said, you have Lois and, and everybody on the case, and then we get back to Jimmy and his sister, which I'm going to say this is present time, right? Uh, like, this yeah, is the I, most I, forward part of the story because I think so. he's been assassinated. 
He's Jimmy or, or Timmy Olsen. Now, yeah. when tracked down his sister Janie Olsen in Gotham. And um, he is the, walking the cat. Walking the cat, walking Dexter. Um, when he, they basically get accosted by a bunch of people and Dexter springs into action, which is pretty cool. And, and does what Dexter does best. Right, throws up the, the, the red. And they end up going back to, to Timmy Olsen's apartment where there's more people waiting and Timmy slash Jimmy just takes a beating. Uh, and he gets in there, the lights turn on and Batman's there. Yeah, uh, and he he's there to save him, and and Jimmy's all beat up, and there's some fun dialogue there with him, not with being busted, able to talk with a swollen mouth. Yeah, yeah, and and Batman looks over, and he sees Janie there. There's a real fun thing about well, not necessarily they're after your brother. You know, your plays do rub people in Gotham the wrong way with how socially conscious they are, <laughs> which I thought that was a pretty fun moment of yeah, Bruce almost being self aware. Yes, of it he's, he's a big fan of theater, I'm sure. Yeah. Right, and he looks over, <laughs> and by Jimmy's sisters, the Batmobile wheel. And he was like, "Is that my? Is that my uh, tie? Never, you know, never mind." And He's like, no, Joe, yeah. I'm not doing this. No, and then Jimmy even calls him the world's suckiest detective, um, yeah. which I thought was pretty funny through through the garbled language. And he puts him with Alfred. He's like, "They're going to keep you safe. We're going to get to the bottom of this." Yeah, because it's so, like, you know what, this is this is too big for even me right now in Gotham yeah. because this is bigger than Gotham because yeah. Lex isn't the one trying to kill you. Lex is protecting you, and you know, right. so this is this is beyond me. So someone else left to look into this. And he goes, yeah. "Oh, by the way, I had your name legally changed to Jimothy, like Symph Jim Symphony. Sim sorry, Jimfony. like Symphony, but it starts with Jim. Batman always yeah. wins, Jimphony. Remember that, <laughs> Jimphony." I don't know. Yeah. The, the Batman always wins cracked yep. feels so much. Yes, it does. Well, it's almost like uh, him being uh, like like uh, Mount Fraction being because I'm Batman. It's yeah, a, like, like we really brought that up on, that. on the last one about the because Batman and whatnot and, yeah. and more than that in, in last night. But uh, you know, uh, but but yeah, it's, it's a whole lot of fun. Uh, Lieber's art's really good because it, again, it's got that cartooniness to it. Like, you know, when Dexter's throwing up on people, it's not like this intense thing. It just looks like a cat throwing up red, you know, and whatnot. It, it doesn't look like it's actually doing much damage in this art. No, in a good way because it suits yeah. the tone of the book. Yeah, uh, and so and and then again, all the stuff with the, the fun panels and everything, you know, is is summed up again. Like, I'm wondering how this is going to read in trade. Just because month to month, it's nice to have these little reminders. But when you have it, and it's constantly reminding you, I'm wondering if that's actually going to work out better. Because uh, you'll be able to piece it together. That's true. I think okay. I think this book works spectacularly well monthly because it is, yep. you know, these bite-sized adventures. It's all these vignettes kind of sprung, yep. uh, you know, sewn together. And yeah. then you have the, the, the narrative shifting in time yeah. quite quite seamlessly. Uh, I wouldn't mind this getting the animated series treatment. Like, there's that Harley one that's on right now that yeah. I haven't watched, but um, I could see this style being okay for Jimmy. Yeah. Right? So, but yeah, what, what's your rating, it, Connor? Uh, I'm gonna go with an eight point five. This is such a blast. God, I hate when I line up with you, but yeah, eight point five. It's a, it's a whole lot of fun. Well, that'll take us on then to Metal Man issue three. 
Uh, this is obviously Dan Didio with art by Shane Davis. And we ended last issue with the giant Manta Ray. The, the Devil Ray. The Devil Ray flying towards uh, the base. Uh, and the end metal man, this issue is like, hey, you need to let me out because I'm the only one who can save you. I'm the only one who can solve this and beat this thing. Yeah. Uh, and Magnus like, nah, it's fine. They, my metal men, they got this. Yeah, and they don't. They very much don't. <laughs> they really don't. Yeah. This, is, this is the one thing I, I don't like about what Diddy is doing is he's making the metal men look so terrible. Like, they are a superhero team, you know? Like, um, and I and I get it. I get the, what the point of the story is going to be. But yeah, I don't know. I don't like them. I don't like him taking the the bite almost. This this kind of feels like an early days Metal Men story where they're not actually fully right. there yet. And maybe that's true. I don't know. There's nothing that lines well, no, us up because, with continuity, is there? Well, there's not not really in the continuity except that in the first issue we find out that it's all been a lie that they're not actually sentient, right? That they're all yeah, that's true. Just different. So, there has to so in some time well, they, with them, right? And then. He even brings up that they fought something like this before, you know, in their early adventures. Yeah, yeah. and so, yeah, they said yeah. they barely won, but it's a more experienced yeah. team now, and they'll do they're like. Although he, he neglects to think about the fact that they're a team member down when he says this. Right. Uh, right. But so, it's only gold. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, but the, he, he's the leader. He's you know he's the gold standard. But it just it seems to me it's making Will Magnus seem inept. When that's, you know, not typically... I mean, I... I think what I like about this book is somebody's not read a lot of standalone Metal Men stuff, right? I've seen them mm-hmm. pop up in things like 52 and popped up and, right. you know, whatever else. Um, is I kind of like... Like, it's really making me like just the banter between them. Uh, and they're, they're, tum- they're, they're bumbling buffoonery, as it were, that they seem to kind of have here. Kind of is, is working for me. It's separating it from other things I'm reading. Um, but yeah, Magnus is obviously not willing to give in. So even after his metal men are defeated, he's got a backup plan. He's got a plan B. Magnus Opus. Yeah. Which may well, be. Well, the... What's that mean? <laughs> well, I mean, you're probably with Magnum Opus, right? <laughs> no, I know, but I mean, what's that mean for him? Like, oh god! I, what's I mean? What's his magnus opus? Um, I don't know. The, the the Earth is basically like crying from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like inside the body of a giant robot. I'd, I'd maybe guess. No, Pete. That's not what I'm saying. You're asking what it is I'm, in the I'm, book. Yeah. So no, he the the, the base. Well, no, I, 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 no, I know, I know, I know what you're, tr- I know what you're getting at. I, I'm just, I'm saying he's actual magnum opus. If, I, if I've got the ego of Doctor Magnus, I feel like it's to put an entire robot around the entire planet. That, this, this, uh, this building turn into a robot is just, this is yeah. a stepping stone, and the trajectory okay. of, of Will Magnus is what I'm saying. I, I did get Pacific Rim vibes from it. I will say that. I just love the uh, visual. Because, I think what I liked about this is that it still looked like a building in the middle. It just happened yeah. to like have arms and legs and a head. Uh-huh. Um, it didn't like transform, is what you mean? Yeah. No. Well, and I think someone's going to call this out, right? So I'm going to I'm going to bring this up because I I said I hated the the hollow justice turned into a, a ship a few issues ago in Justice League, and here's here's where this is different, right? It's the tone of the book in the first place. This in Metal Men. Yeah feels on point it feels like yes of course it was going this way this feels natural to the events and the tone of the story uh, uh justice league is meant to be the serious ongoing crisis you know central dc comic story uh and it's a bug movie 
bug me in that. Here, I had a smile on my face as this silly building robot was, uh, you know, kaijuing around yeah. with uh, this this manta. Yeah, it is very silly. Yeah, it is super silly. Uh, that, that's that's all. I mean, this whole mini feels very silver age, which is funny because Dan Diddy was determined to kill the past every chance he every chance he, he has gets. a soft spot for Metal Man though, doesn't he? For he, whatever he reason, does. Mm. Uh, Omac and Metal Man, like that's yeah. those are his two bugaboos. Because um, Diddy did the the Metal Man story in in Wednesday comics, right? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. which was also a lot of fun. So. Mm. But yeah, and, and like Pete was saying, the banter between them, you know, Light ends up trying to create a, a, a shield while Iron gets knocked into the water. Uh, Tin tries to save Iron, but, you know, he's feels, not strong enough. Actually st- Iron rusts real fast. Yeah. yeah. It starts yeah. off feeling kind of like a scene from, like, you know, like an Independence Day or something like that, because they all come in like, as gliders, as their planes. It feels, right. it feels like they're all coming in as, as, a, as a squad. Uh, again, of course, very quickly, that all falls apart. Uh, eventually, Magnus has to just kind of agree and let uh, Nth Metal Man out of the, the cell, the containment cell, and he goes and, you know, wraps himself around uh, this Kind of does Manta. what Platinum was trying to do, but better. Yeah, yeah but succeeds. Which I guess, from what it's understood, is that that's how they defeated it the first time. So... Um... Yeah. That's what he does, but it's also too that since the nth metal is a psychic thing, I still don't trust it. Mm. Right, it's a psychic yeah. metal, and I feel like it's just playing into Will's ego. So, oh, absolutely. I mean, hell, I mean, I mean, obviously we mentioned this last issue, but it's taken the appearance of Will. It's, t- it's taken okay. his appearance. Yeah. I mean, obviously it looks metally, but it's his shape. Right. Uh, right. So all, all issue as well, because when they bring up you killed gold, um, we can't trust yeah. you. He's like, well, that thing that you know, I, I pulled out this thing that gave it this, this, you know, the the resemblance of life. I can do better than that. And the issue ends, of course, with gold sort of popping up and saying, "I, I've never felt more alive." So we may yeah. actually get into the idea that. Gold may actually be a sentient life form now, properly, and Will Magnus is going to be absolutely livid because he's not been able to pull it off, and Nth Metal Man yeah. has just, just done it as and, if it's nothing. Well, and being that Nth Metal's emotionally charged, right, or psychically charged, they say, I'm wondering if this leads to the response meters being built out of Nth Metal. Mm. Mm, that would make sense. I could see that. Because yeah. um, it's worth mentioning, but even before this, like... Well, kind of like acknowledges that Nth Metal Man must be truly sentient because the the motivations right. he has for doing anything are all f- far more advanced than anything that his Metal right. Man can do. Mm. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, this is a fun, enjoyable read. Very quick read as well. I kind of flew through this. Yeah, there's not much yeah. to it, right? Like ninety percent of it is action. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's action with one liners though, which you know can get tiring. Yeah. But and that's then, just... then the odd little bit of a. Uh, of Magnus and and uh, Nth Metal Man talking a little bit. Yeah, and then I built and became a robot and fought a a, a flying manta. It was a, it was yeah. a thing. Yeah, double ray. <laughs> uh, so no, I thought it was solid. So we give it a Matt. Oh, I'll give this a, a seven as well. Car? Yeah, seven's perfectly for me. Yeah, I think seven. That, that sums it up. Solid, solid, fun seven. Uh, so that was Metal Man. Uh, that'll take us on to Harleen issue three. So we're getting to some of the meteor stuff in this this batch. Uh, obviously, now, now we can start dishing out the 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 higher scores, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, Stephen Sajic. Yeah, I, I just remember yeah. there. We're like call him Stephen now. Uh, yeah. So he gave us permission. Personally, what <laughs> <wrote> was a note. <laughs> uh, so. 
last issue kind of ended with the first sort of intimate moment between Harley and the Joker in one of their, their private meetings, the camera covered, and that becomes kind of a running thing in this issue, where she keeps doing that, she keeps having the ca- camera covered, or turned off, and these private sessions, which, you know, and he gets unrestrained, and at first it's just they're sitting talking when he's unrestrained, and there may be some hugging, some hand holding, yeah. and it kind of escalates and escalates and escalates, and you really feel that she's pushing the envelope every single time she goes back, you know, and obviously it gets to the point eventually where she properly dolls herself up, goes in, and they straight up have sex, and the and the, yeah. you know, the, the interrogation, uh, yeah. well, interrogation, it's Arkham Assassin. And as she's doing this, I'm going, and I know where this is going, right? Interview, right? yeah. Like, we all know that this is becoming Harley Quinn, but I'm reading it, and I'm going, no, stop. It, what are you doing? Do you know what? In, in that regard, because I was thinking about this, it reminds me of a Better Call Saul. Mm. In that, yeah. we, you know, you're watching it. You know how this ends. You know it's right. doomed, but you're still going. Please just turn out differently this time. Yeah, I think what it does really well is it never tries to convince us the reader that Joker really kind of loves her, and or at least I mean maybe he does, but it it never goes down that path. It it, no. it focuses it way more on her like growing obsession and we yeah, can see it's unhealthy and she even like kind of like acknowledges that it's probably unhealthy but she can't see around her feelings she can't feel anything yeah. else no and and that's her problem as she brings up throughout everything right is this happened in college with her professor like she does things that she's not supposed to and she can't stop herself so even though she knows she's not supposed to because she has that moment where she looks herself in the mirror and go, are, are you really putting on makeup for this Mm-hmm. And then she goes through with it, like, um, so, so yeah, like you know that that's what makes it almost a tragedy, is, you know she knows it's wrong, but she gets to a point where she just doesn't care. Yeah, and um... and because of Gotham, it's like, Gotham turned her into this because she started to care too much, and the key to Gotham is you don't care at all. Which we know is not true, right? Like, yeah, but that's you know, what the with, books with kind of been. Yeah, yeah, with with Gordon and Batman, from another point of view, you know that's not true. But with her and her trying to do good, and then we'll get to the Two Face stuff, I'm sure. Yeah, I think know. it was really smart, actually. That whole stuff with the college professor is a really nice yeah. little touch that just kind of sets up the idea that she has a she already has a thing for being attracted to men she's right. she's really not supposed to so right. what was what i mean obviously okay it's a faux party like one the, the professor who's the older man right, right. what was even more extreme than that you know if because the idea of like patient. A, any any kind of like sexual fetish or thing that gets more and more extreme typically the way it happens for a lot of like deviants if you will is that it escalates right it starts off with just little risky things but isn't necessarily that bad but then they, they, they keep chasing the high and eventually the stuff they're getting away with doesn't isn't enough anymore so they keep chasing you know bigger and more extremes um it kind of like ties into that so so harley uh you know yes not not only her patient but a patient who is a, a notorious mass murderer and a complete psychopath right. you know it's someone who, who is unredeemable who a gun on her in the first issue yeah right and, yeah. and yeah. by by the end of this issue as we were told in the first one she's a murderer right alongside him right yeah uh, and that tragedy too that that hit hard like you you kind of get to that point you, with what happens early in the book uh with that character and then it didn't go down as i expected it to it did a good know? job over the three issues of just kind of establishing the security guard as someone who she talks to here or there and then this is well, had... someone that like you never get the feeling like he's attracted to her he just wants he doesn't want her to fall into that pit that that is gotham right 
Yeah, you know, you so, get it. They're not even like friends. They're just, you know, they're work colleagues. They yeah. see each other on a very regular basis, so they're friendly right. with each other. And you get mm-hmm. that. It, it feels, you know, real. But there's enough small talk. There's enough advice for her. And obviously, right. the thing in this issue is that he actually comes in to check that she's okay, which obviously for her at the, in the moment is a, is a pain because she has to quickly, you know, fasten the Joker back up because they're being too flirty. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, he's doing it out of concern. You know, under any normal circumstances, this is a completely valid and welcome thing to happen. But of course, she's trying to sneak all these, as she calls it, they're not really interview sessions or dates. Um, That's what they became in her mind by the time, you know, things went bad. And of course, it's Two-Face kind of throws the wrench in everything because Two-Face, I actually kind of liked how this book subtly kind of explained how he gets his henchmen. (laughs) Like the henchmen are all these like disgruntled cops who want his version of justice. So, yeah. So not not only is this my favorite version of Harley, Cedric's given me my favorite version of Two Face, who is a character I, I already love. But what he does here with the psychosis that's created from from the attack, and and you know Gotham created him, just like Gotham created Batman, and yeah, it's it oh, this, so good. This really interesting thing because coming into the book, obviously we knew we were getting the Harley story, right. but you know mm-hmm. mentioning Two Face early on was kind of just a bit of a throwaway line at first yep. and then it's like oh no this it's actually not as much a two-faced story as it is harley of course but right. it's, it's got a significant you know portion he's, dedicated to, to harley well he's he's almost the antagonist uh, well, yeah. I mean, he's there for two reasons. He's there because thematically, the whole idea of two personalities, oh, right? The, the duality, yeah. yeah of course. So he's there, right. there, he's there thematically, but he's also there just as a plot device because he's the thing that unleashes the the riot in this this issue, which right. is going to be a big deal. Oh sure, but I mean, if you just wanted also... to do a plot device, it would be easy to do anything. The fact that you know, you do it with okay, we're doing it with Two Face. We're making it feel relevant. Give it the appropriate time to build, so it's not just the antagonistic right. thing that's just. Yeah, well, kind of there. it's also the well, idea, it, of course, it, it, that he's 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 developing to this point at the same time as Harley. You know, he, he this, is, this is him. This is the this is the part where he properly becomes Two Face. He already looks like Two Face. He's hearing the voice, but this is the first right. time because as we hear in this, we're seeing this issue. They they still refer to him as the DA. They're still talking about him as if he's still going to be active in duty, but soon, you know, like he's yeah. not like a lost cause. And this attack on Arkham is that no, this is him. He's a villain now, and this is where the public are going to stop seeing him as a as a, the DA. They're going to start seeing him as this villainous Two Face. Right, and and his whole you know when the executioners come to him, they're like, no, you know, we we thought you were onto something as the prosecutor. You know, let's throw all these guys, but it doesn't go far enough. And then Harvey puts it together. He's like, well, yeah. The death penalty is a joke in this town. We need to make them remember why it should be a thing. But is it going to be Blackgate that they go release everybody? Or Arkham? And oh, by the way, I love that page turn because he says, um, uh-huh. he pulls out the card and he's like, heads, so which place are we going to you know, liberate, essentially? Right. Is it going to be heads, Blackgate, uh, or, tails? or Tails? And then he just turned the page and it's just a caption saying Arkham uh-huh. Asylum because we're, we're going to Arkham. I, I love that transition. It was yeah, just a nice touch. so good. And then just too what what Harvey represents in that there there's black and white and what Harleen she's about these shades of gray right her whole reason of going to Arkham is the the empathy right mm-hmm. in a war zone that the longer you're there the more like you have to disassociate yourself from from the people because they're threats and and with Harvey he could never do that now right like yeah, also there's it, this it's be this, and... this book, I never, I mean, I had no reason to think about it, but this book just kind of like subtly showed me that 
uh, yeah, Harvey and Harley really one letter apart. Because when, yeah. when she wrote their names yeah. out, like, side by, yep. like, on top of each other, I was like, oh, shit, they're practically the same name, just with one letter different. Yeah, and that's kind of the point that, that Harley makes, right? Is, oh, we're basically the same. Yeah, uh, and then, of course, she rubs out a lot of it, and it, it just leaves ha-ha as the, as the, the starting right. of the two words. And I was like, oh, okay, nice touch. Uh, and she's obviously losing it at that point, because... And I, what I love about this is she's got this thing going with Joker where she's basically seen him on a regular basis. Uh, and I love how, like, after she has sex with him, it was like later on that night, like, she's in bed and she was just, like, euphoric. She's just, like, thinking about how happy yeah. she is. Um, it really sells, like, how how deep, how deep in the deep end she's went with these feelings. Right. Um, but Two-Face throws this, this wrench in it because this riot means that Joker's no longer in his cage and, like, her pet anymore. Like, now he's going to be faced with all these things and he, he kind of cracks a joke as, he's, as, as he's leaving his cell he's like, oh well Harley we tried it but and she's not even around he's just cracking a joke essentially yep. uh, but she runs in there you know like uh, you know Gordon's there Batman's fighting Bane we hear yep. Batgirl and Robin are both uh, like taken yep. on trying to save hostages that Mr. Freeze has got uh, right. I, but I like this is just a subtle thing but I loved how what, what, there's like random chatter from like the emergency services and someone's using like a fire hose to try and do something and someone says no stop that Freeze is in there stop that'll yeah. cause chaos uh but they, they still touch um but like it's like she has to go in there and we, we get this kind of like confrontation where two-face uh is is there we get the security guards there and harley ends up shooting um the security guard, the security and, guard and we get all these Joker, as she sees it yeah and we, you know we, we get all these uh it's a great two-page layout of all these like moments from the previous book of, of this guy's life and talking about his wife and kids and all these little moments and it it really does a good job of setting up this guy who's obviously just here destined to be the guy who gets killed to like show that she's properly flipped and this is the point of no return um i think what's interesting to me what i'm surprised about is that the the, the book Oh, oh, by the way, I loved all the jokes, just before I move on, I forget this. I loved all the jokes, that all, all the little lines from Joker about, because um, he, he beats the shit out of Two-Face. He doesn't kill him, but he, he beats him like yeah. a brick. And when someone else sees him, he says, oh, I can't tell if that's Harvey Dent. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's all His mangled. His face is mangled. And, and Joker goes like, oh, I did half that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm trying to even him out. Um, uh, all those little yeah, digs no, about Two Face really made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, but I was surprised because I think the narration for me at the start of the book it sounded like it was Harley narrating from past the point of where she's because obviously in a lot of other books and like present day DC she's become more of an antihero and she's kind of post Joker. And it almost right. felt the narration for a, for a large part was coming from that point of view, and it still feels like it is. It's just, but it never yeah. I, when it jumped ahead like four years later at the end, I kind of expected it to get to the point where she is sitting there telling the story or in some way. And it isn't. She's just. This is just her and Phil Harley in the, in the I, suit. I actually and stuff. thought it was interesting at the end because it's her saying, you know, even even though that that this is, you know, like it is now, that you know, all the even the darkest night must end, right? And yeah. it's like she's been kind of self-aware throughout all of this. She hasn't gone completely insane in the same way that a lot of the other criminals have. She has had this awareness of what she's been doing and right, knowing what she was doing was wrong, unlike some of the others. Right, because she's not actually like them, right? She's still an outsider amongst them. Yeah. Uh, and th- and that's why she hits it off of Ivy, right? Because Ivy's kind of the same way that sh- she's in there. She treats her with compassion and she goes back. She goes, hey, you know, as, as she starts having breakthroughs, she goes, oh, I, I know that your condition, you say you need sunlight. So she gives her a room with a window. Yeah. yeah. Right? And it's, it's also why and- uh, there's a, a justifiable kind of like, you know, just seed in our minds that she can be redeemed, that one day she can come back. Yeah, that's never... kind of where, yeah. where this ends is, is she knows that at some point this Harley Quinn 
is, is gone, you know, and Harleen will take back over, so to speak. Hey, I honestly, I think there's room for a sequel here of telling that story of the other end of this, of the when Harleen yeah. b- becomes well Harleen again. You know, I and, mean, uh, yeah. we could get it. Yeah, who knows? It, yeah. It, call it Harley. Call it Harley issue one, two, three. <laughs> right, and I'm I'm there for that. I mean, for whatever Cedric does with DC, I'm, I think that I'm there. Probably call it Harleen and with a with a subtitle. Probably the return. Yeah. Not not the fantabulous emancipation though. I, I feel like you, you'd make some nice again. You could do you do some parallels with Two Face, you know, the other side yeah. of the coin, right? You, you can do some stuff in that book. Yeah, this assuming is... that Two Face is still around in yeah. that book. Although I, I feel yeah. like he should be if they do a sequel, just because. Yeah, well, of yeah, I I, I feel like we need to jump forward and see what happened after, because everybody gets out, right? Like, you know, because yeah. we get that awesome page with Ivy yeah. as she gets regrown. Yeah. Oh, with the fertilizer and nominal and oh yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, uh joker just casually saying hey these enforcers were two-faced kill them croc right. <laughs> croc just like yeah with pleasure <laughs> and, and I'm, you I'm just see them ripping one in half yeah yeah uh that's uh, pretty good and it gets it gets kind of brutal too like you see the chunks taken out of people yeah uh by croc and, and whatnot harley comes across and well but, black, yeah, no, it's and, black label so it's like to be the r-rated horror version well, of this yeah, yeah. And you also get Joker saying, you know, telling those security guards, hey, you got a choice to go down there. Just know, though, Zaz is doing his thing. So uh, make the right decision. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, and, of course, this is a Cedric book, so it is very yep. sexy, is, is I think the the appropriate word. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of sexiness uh, throughout, uh, which is just kind of par for the course with... with uh... It is, but I, it kind well, of makes it's... given that this is about, you know, how falling in love with Joker? It it works. Oh no no yeah no. That's it, the thing. It, it never feels gratuitous though. Everything's done. It's like, the, it fits the themes of the story. It, it feels yeah, like the story. Mature. It feels like the story uh, justifies the feeling that yeah. it has. It feels like the the feeling of her kind of like becoming more sexualized as the story goes on because she's feeling more and more sick. Because you know, she mentions multiple times that she's not even worn makeup since college. So that's a part of her life she's been yeah. kind of shut off from. Yeah. Um, and she kind of becomes more sexual as the, the story goes on. That makes a lot of sense. And it makes a lot of sense to show that. The argument I suppose against it would be that Cedric basically draws everyone sexy from the get, get, get-go. <laughs> it's kind of his thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But He's it's very just, good at it. I mean, even, even Two-Face... You know, you look at the one side of his face. You're like, yeah, like, like, dude. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, he, he doesn't shy away from it, but it also never feels pervy. You know what I mean? Like, all, all the angles are there. Yeah. And, I, I, and could see, I could see a sequel of this happening. It's worth mentioning as well the scene with Batman towards the end. We actually just, for the first time in the book, just cut to like Batman in the cave talking to Alfred, which is, you know, obviously not been this book's thing. But it's basically just this little analysis of, uh, like to confirm that Joker was kind of playing her the entire time. Like Joker yeah. was using her to get out, and this love isn't real and never was. Which is which is also why I think a sequel is very possible because well, yeah. it also point you know Alfred also points out that you know the kiss was also fairly genuine on his part as well. So it's not like he you know oh sure I mean as best as you can tell, but like I th- I think the fact that Harley never acknowledges that she was being used and never realizes it right. to me says we, we need a sequel she has to go through that realization she has to understand right. that well and and that's that's why you know i like murphy's and his with his harley in white knight you know that whole realization that joker was so far gone he never really put together she left he just found another one to take her place mm. you know so yeah i kind of like that too but 
But I do feel not not necessarily that it was a love, but Joker did enjoy those those sessions as well as much as a, a sociopath can, right? That has no feeling. Um, oh yeah, I mean, no, I'm not they're... saying he didn't enjoy them, or even that he didn't have some kind of feeling. But just that he set yeah. out from the start to use Harley to get out, and no, that was the purpose behind the whole thing. But I think along the course he developed yeah. something because otherwise, you know, here yeah. at the end he can just leave it. Right. I can't. I'm not disputing any of this, but I'm saying the reason why I made the sequel is that Harley needs to learn this. Harley needs to realize this. And... Yeah. Well, and that's and, and that's yeah. where we are now in comics, right? That's what the whole Poison Ivy and, and general, Harley yeah. movie from Hauser is. So... Yeah, in the last few years in general. Right. So, um, but yeah, no, this is fantastic. Or even, right? the, even, I mean, hell, even the new movie is kind of doing that. Of course, yeah. I kind of want the sequel to this because I want this version of it. I want this version of Harley and I want Cedric to tell that yeah. story because this is the one that I want I, to see happen. I'm just so impressed with Cedric as a, as a writer. Because yeah, obviously we, we knew he could draw the shit out of whatever yeah. he wanted because, you know, that's, that's his thing. Uh, right. But we, we didn't, I don't think any of us had experienced him as a writer beforehand and, and no. kind of knew he could actually, you know, deliver on the the substance to back up, the, uh, you know, all the nice, the, you know, all the pretty pictures essentially, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know how much lead time he had on this because these came out, I mean, obviously it was a delay to this issue, but it, for how many pages each of these books were, it was still pretty quick. Uh, it was yeah. only like delayed by like two weeks, I think. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. even, and, even if bi-monthly though, like this, this was more than a month's worth of usual comic art, you know, even if you have the issues, like, Half of one of these books is still like probably double of what a regular comic book issue is, um. So, like, yeah, we, yeah. It started. It was like it's a, October. October. Yeah, it's been it's been yeah, months, October, but... November, December. Yeah. Yeah. So so. I mean, a little a, a little bit off. It's not the same shipping because I remember, I I got my brother the first issue before he went back to Hawaii. So and he he left here the second week in October. Yeah, but he so must have had really se- he must have had serious lead time on this though because that was. Oh, well, he did. Well, remember we were trying to figure out why he was leaving Odyssey, because he was on there for the first couple issues, uh, and this was probably it, right? Like, well, I'm not at, at the time he just said he wanted to do creator own stuff. That, that was the thing at the right? time. Um, yeah, at the time he was focusing on his uh, Sunstone. Um, gotcha. So, well, I mean, I, I don't expect it to be announced too soon if he wants to like have it all basically ready to go again, so that it can be monthly when the, the sequel hits. Where right. They can kind of announce it whenever they want. Yes, we are doing a sequel. We just won't solicit it yet. Uh, they could do that, but I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if you hear nothing for a year and then we get an announcement out of nowhere. Yeah, it'll be a nice one. Of, it'll be a nice Comic Con announcement at some point, whichever con they want to just throw that in there they'll no, have it ready entirely, in, the, in the back pocket it's entirely possible there won't be a sequel but I think we all set ourselves up for one because A we want one but B as I actually think the story threads are there to do it because I feel like this feels well, like a complete story in the chapter it's telling but it does feel like a chapter rather than the complete journey it feels I'm like just saying, Matt, 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 I think as, as a Harley Quinn origin which is what we were always promised it absolutely delivers on that in its entirety there's just more to tell with Harley, or you know, even this this version of Harley. Yeah. So, um, no, very, very, very good. Uh, very dense read, and ne- never has reading like eighty pages been so easy. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna say. There's there's other books where, um, I felt every page. This one, not so much. Yeah. Don't get um, me wrong, though. Like, I was curious where I was at one point, and I clicked on the thing, yeah. and I was only a third of the way through it, and I was like, damn. <laughs> like, I've, yeah. I've been reading. Yeah, it's I like, the same way like like 60-ish pages of story, yeah. which is still, you know, a lot. Yeah. Mm. Like, 
But uh, still, you know, compared to the usual twenty, it's still yes. triple a, a standard comic. But I think it reads faster than than three comics. Yeah, it'll, so, make, it'll make a nice big uh, deluxe hardcover or whatever. Uh, this is going to look gorgeous. I, in a, like an absolute or something. Yeah. Mm. Oh. All, all I know is I've been spoiled now because Cedric's drawn Starfire and Ivy. So, like... It can um, only go downhill from here. Right? So... Yeah. And um, you know, even even the little snippets of him like doing like Batman or other Gotham characters mm-hmm. makes me think that hey, just even if he doesn't want to do Harley next to do whatever I he wants in the Gotham world. I think it was a uh, freeze. You know, you just saw the 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 glow in the red eyes in the yep. in the, the like the ice smoke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That looked great. All right, what are you rating, Matt? I was a ten. <laughs> Connor. Yeah, I'm I'm done with Matt. This uh, it's another ten for 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 me. Um, yeah, it's a ten. All right. Uh, Hang on. Can I just? I know this is on two separate areas. Can we just acknowledge that this week had two triple tens? Sometimes that happens. Okay. (laughs) No, no, that has never happened before. I don't think. Well, it's happened now. It's it's done. All right. That's that's where we are. Uh, which will lead us on to Batman Last Night on Earth, issue 3, Scott Snyder writing, Greg Capullo on art. Um, I suspect, well, it's going to get a triple 10 because I didn't read it, but I suspect it will not be getting a double 10 either. So, uh, take it away. No, no. Um, so, Pete, is, when you read the first issue... Um, I didn't. And we're like... I thought you did. I thought you no, read he, parts he didn't of it. Even touch it. Yeah, I was out. Gosh. I was out. Well, All Star Batman and uh, what, what did they do together before this? Mel was the last thing they did. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. I guess it wasn't a Batman thing. But so so I was out. Basically, it goes exactly where you think it goes, and I was very disappointed in that. That up to this point, it was a real fun what if future, and then. With with you know that that ties up what Snyder and Capullo had done back in New Fifty Two, I always, I never did like that it was reliant on the Batman machine because I hated mm. that thing with every ounce of my being. But uh-huh. yeah, the first two issues were a lot of fun. You know, you had you had um, what's his uh, Bane and, and Scarecrow going about being all creepy and yeah, the, the, fun Superman Joker head telling the Joker jokes head. constantly. And, and whatnot. And then this just goes like, I feel like this could have been four issues and not three, and it could have been expanded upon, but then you're giving Snyder more words, and that's a problem. See, I don't. I think this is easily the weakest of the three issues. Yeah. However, I think part of its problem is that it's actually a very kind of self-contained issue. Like, mm-hmm. There's a couple of references to things in the first two issues, but for the most part, this it issue feels sets like you up as a new thing. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's part of the other two. It doesn't. Like, and I think the issue gets better as it goes on. Like, I like, I like the ending for the most part. I like where it goes, um, but just the start, like, it feels like it just slows down so much compared to yeah. where we were. That it kind, it, it just loses all that momentum. It feels like an issue yeah. one again of okay, and this is the status quo, and this is the yeah. scenario. And so, like, they reveal who Omega is, and it's like the most unfulfilling. You know, uh, reveal. Yeah, it's fine. It's so so. It's it's Bruce. Bruce never died. That was all a lie. 
he got ripped apart by the people that embraced Doom, and that clicked something in his head that he needed total control, and that he was going to take over, and so he takes over Gotham, and then his the own Bat family end up becoming owls because of what he corrupted the Bat symbol essentially, right? Um, which was pretty cool. I still it made me think about metal. Remember the different clans? Yeah. It made me think, like, are we ever going to get the rest of that? Or I mean, we, we might. We might. There's still probably but... a Snyder crisis to come. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was interesting, though, in the sense that, you know, the bat was always in, in that mythology. Yeah. That's the bad thing. And Batman kind of right. co-opted that for, the, for justice instead of doom, so to speak. Right. And this and here, here it, it's kind of reverted back to its right. natural position. And then the owl was, was, you know, the hot clan represented, right? Like... Mm. Um, and here it comes out because you got Nightwing still running around. You find out that Damien fell. He was one of the first to fall to Omega, which that kind of checks out, right? Like, yeah. Oh no, he fell. Did he fall with Batman? I can't he remember. fell with Batman on the first day. It said here. Yeah. So which, it was, that doesn't. It wasn't, it wasn't Bruce that took him out. That was just another thing that Bruce lost. Right. But see, that doesn't check out with me because it's Damien, right? Like. Sure. And then and then so Omega pops up and you know they they all playing a kind of playing coy on who it is to this new Bruce and but you you have Barbara there with their child is it ever it's just Bryce it's just Bryce I think the it's pretty the implication name. is is that it, you know it, it's a daughter right yeah okay um, not not trying to assume anything but shaved head resist tattoo you know pretty. Pretty asexual there, um, and but you know Barbara and Dick have this child together. That's the next generation, which I thought that was a pretty cool touch of of it. And um, Gordon's gone blind, which he says is kind of good. Now he doesn't have to see what's become of the city and whatnot. But it just basically becomes a showdown between this new Bruce and Omega, and Omega saying that you know this is you know, this is what this world deserves and that you were supposed to take over for me because you don't have the scars that I do and you could be fresh, but you've been corrupted by everything. And um, yeah, he, Joker is still wanting to be Robin. So which, he builds himself like a, a mecha Robin suit and puts his fishbowl out the of, top. and you find out that Tim was, he figured this out, how to fight Omega back, but Omega broke him so bad that he had to build this exoskeleton kind of mech suit that he ended just, up dying just to in. move yeah yeah and uh he sacrificed himself to to lead the first strike so the joker head ends up going in there like in futurama when nixon's walking around pretty um, much honestly and... i know there's some people who don't like this who hate the idea of joker being robin and i get that but in this book this joker kind of works well you find out that alfred because he blamed joker for for this that uh, omega had basically you know just offed him he was the first thing he went after yeah and that he had hung his head out on a post and that alfred was the one that that saved it by putting it in the yeah the jar. i i assume because it was like you know joker represented the whole you know right the entirety of bruce not killing someone right because right that was the one who would always push him the right. closest so I think Alfred thought by saving that, maybe he could still save Bruce. Yeah. So, you know, at the, at the end, the new Bruce ends up taking over and they take back Gotham from, from Omega. Um, yeah. Who still has dark side powers, which I still don't quite get, but whatever. Yeah, he's he's got like uh, Metron's chair and stuff like right. that. 
So, uh, but it, it just here's the it thing becomes... I like though, in terms of you know with the with the machine coming into play, which I know you know, Matt, you, you know and we've all kind of been on record as, as kind of not liking the machine. Okay. In this story, let's just kind of okay, it's there. I like the idea of the fact that you know um, Bruce thinks that oh well now I've got a new one you know fresh body right. great, but the idea of no, it just made an actual Batman, and you know, and right. and the idea of it's not just if 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 Bruce goes past his physical peak that there needs to be a new Bruce. It's if he gets broke, you know, whenever the you know if, if he goes on too long, eventually something will go wrong and he'll snap and he'll stop being Bruce. I mean, even going back to like you know Dark Knight Returns. No, and I, Bruce and I get is a that. Bit of a dick bag, and this is the idea. He, of he'll always be young and idealistic. Yeah, he is, but he never lo- loses his point of view, and here. I hate evil Batman. I yeah, hate yeah. evil Batman more than I hate evil Superman as a trope because, like, this is why I hate Batman who laughs. Is he's unbeatable unless Batman. He comes up against Batman. Like, no one else is able to do it. Not the Bat family, not... It's got to be a new, fresh Batman. And I just... for I know Snyder says he hates the Bat God, but he's written the Bat God far too often. He has. He absolutely for me, for me to believe that, so... Like, I, I do think he thinks it's a boring story thing, and here it's kind of earned, but I still don't like it. Like, it comes down to taste, and I got bored about two-thirds of the way through this, and I was like, I don't, I know exactly where this is going. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to surprise me. Like, so... Honestly, for yeah. me, the very worst part of this issue is the very start. And I was really worried in those first few pages, because mm-hmm. the first few pages are, quote-unquote, present day. Um, right. I don't know if it actually has an actual time on it, but it's you know it's young Bruce, original Bruce with young Gordon, and they're replacing the the lamp on the bat signal. Mm. And that's right. There's a suggestion that um, that you know Joe Chill had a son, right? And you know you know we've never heard about this before because all the all the records were removed. He had a different name and. You know, uh, and you know the son died, and he died in the operating table, um, because the doctor was drunk, um, and it went, you know, and it went wrong, and it said the doctor listed was Thomas Wayne, yeah. and it's this implication that that Joe Chill's actions that night were actually revenge, not right. just this rich and I hate, I hate I any time they do that. It's just yeah. a random shooting. Honestly, if you had it my way. Wouldn't even know it was called Joe Chill. We'd yeah. never find out. There'd be no right. one. It'd just be random person. There would be the un- complete unsolved yeah. mystery. Well, the time I liked that is like in, in the Dark Knight movie or in Batman Begins, when he works for the Falcones and he's just sure. a random thug, right? And he represents like the worst of Gotham taking out the best of Gotham. Someone that's trying to help that person. Yeah. And so I like that because it gives a face to that person of that citizen of Gotham, right? Sure. Um, but in general, I don't need yeah. it to be this mystery that Bruce solves. No. Oh. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope this Was bit it? never comes up again. Really, this—that is my one concern from this issue. Yeah. For the most part, none of this is ever going to happen. It's fine. It's just no, it's, yeah. it's borderline in Elseworlds. Well, it, yeah, it's a metaverse thing, right? Like this is a, a universe that exists now because of the New Fifty Two, and because this is all New Fifty Two Batman. I think this really actually plays with the metaverse idea. Yeah. In a very neat way, because the ending of this, after they, you know, after they win, mm-hmm. um, we get 
uh, you know, the the final part, because this book's been split into like, you know, nine parts, you know, right. each, uh, three for each issue. And uh, in the final part, it's like doorway. And, you know, we're, we're in just, you know, on the street, you know, in the, in the day, and there's a portal about to open. And they know there's a portal coming, and they've marked the spot. And then what lands but, you know, Baby Clark's rocket. Right. And this feels like this is this is the metaverse thing, right? You know, this is mm-hmm. okay. This is now now it's time for Superman on the, in this Earth, so to speak. That's yeah. It's getting a jump start, basically from yeah from what it was. Um, it's basically it's going to go from all that terrible awfulness that it was, and now Superman's right. here, so it's all going to be all right in the future. Right. Like even even Joker is like, oh man, Superman's here. Right. Um, and I really like this ending because again, for all of the the, the the story as much as this is you know the bat god as you say and only batman can win right. at the end of it it's no superman's here hope is restored and i kind of like that right which would have been cool if we didn't see the the superman robot right like yeah in in the last one if we had just gotten hit that superman was gone you know that's fair right so but um also there's a whole part with marriage man as i was flipping through oh yeah so there's a two-pronged attack when they have to take out before they you know to take right. out omega so omega's got this signal which is brainwashing people he's got the right the thing that's sending the signal and then the amplifier it's so the that, anti-life basically pretty much yeah yeah and um martian manhunter is the amplifier because he can you know psychically beam it into right. everyone on earth because he's that strong and they've done something to him so that he tries to resist. He's he's got like you know uh, a metal socket in his head, like you know right. where he's had information downloaded into him. He's not Jean anymore. Right. Uh, some cool art stuff where he's taken out Wonder Woman and he you know his arm shapeshifts into like a, a crab claw. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, he look you know he look you know he definitely looks older and he looks like um, like Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z. Uh, or he's definitely. Definitely more, accurate, more alien. He looks, like, he looks like King Piccolo from Dragon Ball. Is okay. exactly what he looks like. Um, sure. You know the the old man version essentially, and uh, it, it's kind of cool. But yeah, but he basically does he sacrifice himself? No. Yeah, they kind of they kind of stop him though, don't they? They take yeah. him out. Yep. So um, before he because he realizes you know. Yeah, and uh, Diana uses the the lasso of truth to kind of remind yeah. him of who Wake he is. Him up. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he stops the signal. And that's eventually, you know. But yeah, no, I just knew exactly where it was going. It was nice after reading Doomsday Clock to see the, the baby Clark show up and make that connection. Yeah. But this was something I was really excited for. So being disappointed kind of sucks just because. Yeah. I agree. Like, I don't think this is a bad issue in any way. Well, I actually think it's pretty solid, if somewhat predictable. Um, yeah. And yeah, it comes down to a taste thing, I guess. Too. Yeah, I think it has a bit a, a bit of a rougher start in that it does feel like, um, you know, the 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 first two issues. Not they didn't matter, but like that right. this was just hey, if you didn't catch those last two issues and someone just told you this is the last Snyder Capullo Batman issue and you need to read this for whatever reason, you know, it was the hot thing at the shop that week and they were just going hey, you know, you <laughs> it wasn't. Come on, no. <laughs> I, I know. I'm saying theoretically, you know, in that scenario. You could you could pick this issue up and you could read it without having read the other two issues and it works, which is kind of weird, yeah. uh, but not all entirely bad. And you know, Capullo kills it. Yeah, constantly. the art's fantastic. I'm not. That's not a complaint. 
I just it goes full Snyder, and I'm just it does, yeah. After after going full Snyder, and I I respect that guy a lot because he does do, you know, big stories. I think well, I, I enjoy them more than Pete does, but his Batman stories, I'm just I'm over it by now. So, so what would you rate, Nick Connor? Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven, but it's a pretty okay. soft seven. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give five point five. And most of that's the art. Oh, oh, that's low for Matt. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's really low. You may as well find out where Scott. You may as well find out where Scott's there lives and like you know stalked his family for a week and left some creepy messages in his mailbox. That's okay. I I enjoy Justice League. He gets you know a pass from there. I love metal, so you know. Hmm. I'm more of a plastic man. Yeah, I know. That was terrible. That was a quality joke. That'll take us on then to Joker Killer Smile issue two. Jeff Lemire writing with Andrea Sorrentino on the art. This is uh, the second. Is this is this a three or four issue I book? Think, I think it's three. This is three. Okay. So what's interesting about this one is that this is a uh, black label book, but it's not actually. Uh, that much bigger in page count. I mean, the pages themselves are bigger, but the the page count's not that much more than a regular issue. Uh, it still didn't read much longer than a regular issue. Uh, I'm just counting now how much is actually story. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's nothing compared to like Harleen and the other Black Label books that are these big, super-sized things. Um, it's about 32 pages of story. Hmm. Or maybe 30-ish. But, I mean, that that's still, I mean, you know, Less significantly than... more than an average issue. It's less than it's less than half a Harleen though, so it feels. Uh, I think it reads quick enough that it actually just feels like a regular book uh, when you're reading I, it. I think it really helps that um, Lemire and Sorrentino have um, obviously an exceptionally tight relationship at this point, so there is very little yeah. just superfluous dialogue. There is you know absolute trust between them. Yeah, the uh, the so the big twist here with this one at the end. Is that the this the therapist who's been seeing Joker and has been you know read the stuff last issue with the 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 book that his son had kind of matching up with stuff that the Joker was saying and things like that. Um, his wife was concerned. You know, he's going to go, only going to do this job for three weeks. Uh, this this issue hits us with a twist that it's been three years, and his wife and son's actually left him despite the fact that we see several scenes in this issue with him with his wife and son, and the book ends with him going home. There's no one really there. He's been kind of. You know, and it's this kind of thing where, I mean, I think it does kind of, I'm kind of reading it as, in issue one, technically it wasn't crazy yet and it was the start of this period, but his, his actual assignment of working with the Joker uh, is during this three-year period that his wife and son have left him and he's, yeah. he's uh, you know, basically fabricated a version of them in his head. He's, he's in complete denial. Um. Uh. And he's losing his shit at Joker, he's screaming at him and Joker seems to know their names, he doesn't remember telling them telling them their names. And the book ends with him like painting like clown makeup on his face. Uh it feels like the Joker movie. Yeah, well, it's very Joker movie esque, the, the actual scheme the colour scheme of this this makeup. Well that sounds like something I want to revisit. <laughs> no, not in not in a not in any way that actually reminds you of anything the movie does plot or thematically, just right. in terms of so... the visual. Yeah, because he's because the book starts off with him talking about how crazy people uh, are kind of in their own world, and it's, it's this, this kind of like sort of fictional scene where he's at a diner called Arkham's, and it's like all the villains are the the, the waiters and the, the cook and the you know all that. Uh, Two Face is the concierge, and uh, Crocs the cook, Ivy's a waitress, uh, Harley's a waitress, Bane's just kind of over there. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, kind of like in uh, King's Run, right? <laughs> yeah. Bane is uh, Bane is chilling in the back, like like Han Solo style, kind of just sat down, relaxing. He's having a chat with Riddler. Uh, we got Peg. Bane, Bane Pe- doesn't <laughs> shoot first; he punches first. Yeah. yeah. Pe- Peg, uh, Penguin, Mad Hatter, all sitting at tables. You know, it's just all this. And Joker comes in and talks to him. Uh, the art here is great. It was, actually, it was actually a tease of his Joker makeup here, that, or his clown makeup that he's going to put on at the end. Uh, in this yeah, opening Joker scene. presents him with his own head, uh, you know, decapitated head, uh, but with the the makeup. Yeah, but it's a nightmare. Of course, he wakes up and the wife and son are there, and uh, obviously the big twist kind of takes all this away at the end. Um, as I said, you know, one of my favorite pages in the book, art wise, is the uh, the fork into the brain, and the the building blocks underneath mm. kind of falling apart. Uh, you know, it's it's these blocks that have got you know. What, what very much seems to be like a Rorschach test kind of on them, and it's all um, you know, it, all the the the, the, uh, the narration at this point is about, you know, there, there are two worlds um, but how do you know which one you're in? And it's you know, going back to the style of the book, you know, the, the world that the sane people are in and the world that the insane people are in. And uh, I assume you'll, you know, this is, if you look at this, you know, block, this tower of blocks from different angles, you'll see uh, different images in it. Because yeah. it looks like there are different things on different corners. Uh, now, Sorrentino's, Sorrentino's art's fantastic um, throughout. I actually, it's one of those things where I, I actually love the the more, I don't want to say mundane, but the just the, the more normal talking head stuff from Sorrentino. It's got such a, a, a great look to it. The the expressions does, yeah. are really well it's handled. Really cold, cold, flat colours. Yeah, uh, I think that's really working with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically what it is. And of course, he, he drives back out to the, the Arkham at the end in the rain, uh, thunders cracking above to go and demand Joker tell him how he knew his wife and son's name. And when he says, it's been three years. And, I mean, and that's teased earlier on as well because he references that three weeks isn't enough. And the, uh, the the person running Arkham is like, three weeks? Wait? And she gets interrupted before she can finish her or sentence but Clayface it face is stuck in the pipes again <laughs> <laughs> that cracked me up he went for a shower and he got stuck in the pipes uh but he goes home and the house is empty and like no one's there he finds the book and we have the the the, the, the red background starting to really sort of trickle in here um and he goes to the mirror and he puts on his uh his clown makeup and it ends with him laughing with his clown yeah. makeup on uh i think i realize how this this is really differentiates itself from harleen because in the first issue we we kind of mm. felt like it was very similar and i guess you could argue oh this is a guy going crazy as a result of the joker still right but it's so different now as opposed to the first issue which actually felt no because the first similar. issue is about infatuation this is about him just outright losing time and losing his sanity yeah uh, so uh Despite the fact, I mean, I still think this would have been better not to come out in the same week as Harleen, just for you know the sake of spreading these types of books out. Sure. But uh, it, it does differentiate itself better, uh, and I think again this is going to be a pretty good little trade of about a hundred pages by the time it's done. Um, mm. And again, it'll look gorgeous. Yes. So now uh, the the hint of these black label books, um, and I think uh, obviously Harleen overshadows this one a little bit, which is insane because it's Libby and Sorrentino, but. Uh, like, this is still a great yeah, issue. Yeah, but Cedric, like, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this is still a great issue from a, a killer creative team. Like you know that they're you know top form team, and this is you know, 
absolutely worth your time if you're interested. In yeah, this, this is a good psychological Joker, like just story. Harleen's better. <laughs> yes. Well, Harleen got triple tens, whereas we're about to rate this, and what are you giving it? I'm going to give it an eight point five still, because and which feels low after Harleen, but it's still great. Yeah. I'm going to give it a nine. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, oh, I mean, it's great. Like, it, like it's it really just, is. It's this you know. I think this issue was better the first one. I think it's really. Uh, I do as well. I think it really set itself apart. I think it has a you know a great tone and and because we've got a bit more sense of what's going on here. Um, because I think because early on there is that tease of the time, so it's in your head throughout the rest of the issue as well. Um, so it doesn't feel like it just comes out of nowhere at the end, and 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 you know, so throughout it you're like something's not right, and you know you're trying to piece it together yeah so uh that's a joker killer smile which does take us on to the last book of this epic was it 18 books this week we had total something like that uh, <laughs> i read 15 if that helps i read 15 yeah. too and there was three i didn't read so i think there i think it was 18 there's only two i didn't read so do was, the maths or was it two i didn't read maybe it was two i didn't read but... I, what, what i didn't read shazam legion no it was 17 because we, we had it wasn't even numbers yeah it was seven and nine yeah, so I read 15. Did we all read 15 books? I think we all read 15 books, but obviously... I didn't read better. Killer Smile or Dead Earth. Yeah, I, I didn't read Last Night on Earth or... <laughs> you lucked out. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Olsen. Or Jimmy Olsen. That's what two I yeah. didn't read. And I didn't read Legion and... Shazam. Anyway, final book of the, the, the batch... Uh, I mean, all three of us did read it. This is Basket Full of Heads, yep. issue three. Joe Hill writing with Leo Max on the art. Uh, still killing it on art. Yeah, art's still fantastic. This is following up. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the girl's name is June, right? Is that right? Judy. Yep, yeah, June. Uh, yeah, go. Fantastic. Uh, it's always harder with these new characters that aren't superheroes that, to try and remember their names. You have uh, to actually pay attention. She, yeah. uh, she's sitting with a decapitated head that's still talking to her. Uh, and I, I do kind of like how this, this, this criminal goes back and forth between completely vile and, you know, threatening all sorts of things. You know, when my friends get back, they're going to take turns on you and all these kind of other yeah, things yeah. but then he'll flip to like seconds later saying but you're a good person you wouldn't hurt me like you're a good person don't you wouldn't yeah uh, don't drown well, me. i like the realization too that he's like you should have just left me to drown and he's like wait i don't have lungs to drown what yeah. would have happened it, and you get to that him underwater being taken up by the tide with the crab on his face yeah he Man. would just be there forever presumably if he's yeah. if he's not yeah. dying now uh and even she's like, you know, that's, that's too cruel, even though you're a complete bastard. That, that's right. actually super cruel. And yeah. So he drops on her that they came basically for her boyfriend and that the the girl that jumped from the bridge, you know, to, to kill herself, had the backpack was also full of money. Which and mysteriously that, never made it to the evidence. Never yeah, made it to the evidence. As he describes it, uh, her boyfriend all of a sudden had a nice new, like, you know, Right. Uh, shades and the watch and the, like I said, oh. car. But like he was, he was looking like he was like uh He looked like Burt Reynolds. Kind of. Yeah. He had that seventies. The shirt was open to show yeah. the chest, and he was leaning back in the car, yeah. and he was living life large. Well, and then we find out too that this is probably more eighties because there's a reference to a song that was on the radio. Oh, we knew it was eighties. Oh, was it? Yeah, I, I think he just oh, okay. looked more seventies in that panel when he was gotcha. on the car. Well, because I thought it was he was going for like a timeless kind of, you know, late seventies, eighties ish, like 
You know what I mean? Yeah. No, they specified but, 80s in the first issue, I'm sure. But did they? Um, oh, I gotta go back and read I, it. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. obviously, you know, Brody Island. Like, but we're doing Jaws. Obviously, Jaws was 77, but like, yeah, uh, that's that's why it feels 70s 75, maybe in places. You're right. No, Crossing Carol yeah, was 77. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I know Jaws were my three favorite movies of all time, Pete. Come on. Okay, I slept by two years. All right. <laughs> Star Wars now is 77. Star Wars is 77. That's correct. Uh, uh, but Jaws is a better the, movie, so that's okay. No. <laughs> Taste. But, <laughs> and, and it's Mask easier to remember because... That was more diplomatic than me there. Uh, right. Well, and it's easy to remember because um, Indiana Jones was created by Lucas and Spielberg when they went to Hawaii because uh, both were waiting on the results, like the box office... Four Close Encounters and Star Wars. Yeah, because that's a bet. They both, they both bet the other yep. one's film would do better, so Spielberg yep. won that bet. <laughs> yeah, so he won, and, and the rest is history, and then they they create the character of Indiana Jones, and, you know, my That's a good bet, because either way you win. Yeah. Either, yeah so, either you win the bet, and you get whatever you get from that, or right. your movie did better, and you, 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 got, right. you got that going for you. Well, and then, um, uh, what's his name? Conan's guy, um... Oh, the documentary is about him. Walter and Lebowski is based on him. Help me out, Pete. I don't know. What are we talking about? He's also a director. Milius. Milius was part of a bet like that, too, where they all traded later. One yeah. got... Yeah, yeah, Anyways. Uh, so, yeah. Jaws 75. That's been established. Pete made a mistake, and we can keep going. Um, I, I love that. Like That was about a good two-minute rant of why Pete was wrong, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I had evidence to back it up because of uh, factoids that I know about my favorite movie. So, um, yeah, that, that, that was a bit, a bit extreme for, for weird uh, flex, but I, I must. Yes. Um, uh, so, uh, the big thing here, though, is that she goes looking for help eventually. Uh, storm's still happening, and she comes across someone she actually knows, someone she recognizes uh, yeah. from the town. Mr. Uh, Hamilton. Yeah, Mr. Hamilton. And he is oh, okay, in the truck will try and go and get get help or whatever. And there's a tree in the road, so they try and move it, but he can't. And it's worth she, mentioning at this point. She hacks at it with her axe. Yes, but she's wearing a hoodie that he gave her because she, she's obviously yeah. cold and and wet and whatever. And she she puts on this hoodie that's in there, and she finds in the pocket uh, these clippers, which shears. Yes, the 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 they jive with the story of how her boyfriend's pinky got cut off. Yes, oh. which she was told by the head. Yes, she was told by the head, and that they, you know, they're going to start with his, you know, uh, private member, and then, uh, but they said no, they they want the. You can say head. dick, Matt. We don't have to censor it that badly. <laughs> I know, but still, yes. you know, oh, you could have um, just quoted and used the, uh, uh, you know, uh, they refer to it as skinny little prick. Right. So, but they didn't, and so she reaches into this this uh, rain, like hoodie, rain poncho. And there's a uh, there's those shears and, uh, and they're covered in blood, and she realizes. Yep. Yeah, well, th- th- this guy, have... this guy Hamilton's in on it. He's he's That's one of the, the group. Which again, I think doubles down on this. This dude's the head ain't. I don't think wasn't on the chain game. I still think he was a cop because they her. She starts talking to Hamilton, and it almost seems like the sheriff's really not on up and up well, because they start talking about the the collection of viking artifacts and how the wife kind of loots them from museums 
And then if it was, well, maybe not the sheriff's not on the up and up, but people on the island, that if I if mean, he knew where the wife was getting them from, she'd be on the chain gang too. To be fair, that was just his assumption. Like, oh, I think she must have a you know a side gig looting them. No, because I they're get that. Expensive. But I'm also starting to get the vibe that nothing's quite on the up and up on I mean, that, I mean that might be true I don't know if we've got enough information to sort of like say that definitively yet because to, to me it felt like no his story about being on the chain gang was probably mostly true and what, what this makes me think is that there's something fishy about how they escaped like basically this Hamilton guy or maybe maybe one of the sheriff or, well, not, maybe not the sheriff yeah. but one of the cops actually yeah. let them escape so that they yeah. could all you know d- divvy up this money they could go and find or whatever um, right and I and and again, I don't feel like the the boyfriend is that character. Just from what we know from him from that first issue, you know, like like she points out, he if he had so much extra money, why was he crashing at the sheriff's? Mm. You know, like why why was he doing all this other stuff if you know where, where'd the money go? Right. And as for why did he have a badge, I mean, I still think you could have maybe yeah. turned on whoever let him escape, turned on M- you know. maybe, but I I definitely feel nothing's on the up and up on this island and. Mm. You know, so the issue ends with uh, this Hamilton guy beating her with a chain. Um, yeah, and that's she does get a nice off. whack off to the side of his leg with the axe, right. which looks yep. painful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but, but I like having the backstory on those those axes too, because he recognizes it from the collection, and that we see that when it's activated or whatever, those they look like branches. It goes red. Kinda, yeah, it goes red and and stuff. And so, um, I think that was fun. Like, I want this as a movie. Man, I want basketball heads in the movie. So Joe Hill, get on it. Talk to it your dad's happen. people. That may, yeah, right. it may happen. I mean, Netflix <laughs> series too. That'd be cool. You know, what's uh, at, locking at this keys point? I'm not sure there's going to be enough in it for a for a Netflix like a whole TV series. Yeah, I mean, like you know, we're we're nearly the Viking half... axe. Sure, yeah, but right now we're <laughs> nearly halfway through you know the book, yeah. and I can see this pace perfectly as like a, as a movie. Like a movie. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'm just. I just want more good things in the world. I, I get that. I get that. I just wouldn't want to see but, uh, it stretched out and ruined. Yeah, no, I get that too. Um, or compressed and, and rushed through. Yeah, of course. Right, right. right. So, um, but yeah, no, this, this is fantastic. I So far, I've, I've yet to be let down by Hill House. Yeah, there's not been a bad issue, has there? No. Um, no. But this is yet another great issue of Basketball Air. Like, what a surprise. Well, yeah, and, and Leo Max, the artist, it's so grimy, like... But in a good way. Yeah, it like really suits feel, the story. Right. Like you feel the like you you feel the sogginess of all the rain through the art and the colors and whatnot. And and mm. just that dude looks dirty. Like he looks like the guy Pete, you know, uh, last, last action hero? The guy that throws the axes and stuff. Uh the guy in the raincoat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't remember his name, but I get vibes of that actor. You know, just like he's he's dirty and it's that guy. It's that you know? guy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, the guy from a. Uh, oh, what was the fictional movie called? But anyway, the, the, yeah. the, the end because the, the whole thing is the fourth one's coming out, and that's the movie the kid gets sucked into. But it's the end of yeah. the third one that the guy in the raincoat kidnapped Arnold's son and was had him on the and, roof. And he, and he and he dropped him. Uh, yeah, and that's uh, what's his character's name. What's it? Jack Slater? Is that, 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 Jack Slater, yeah. yeah. Jake's, Jack Slater is, is haunted in the third movie, or in the fourth movie, by yeah. the, the events. and Yeah. Uh, God, that's such a good movie. I want to go back and watch it. <laughs> yeah, last time was pretty great. So. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find this out. Real quick. Um, 
but yeah um no that session was solid again and uh, the, the, these are also reading pretty quickly very atmospheric which is kind of what i want from horror i want atmosphere more than anything else um yeah and it's building a bit of a mystery as to what's actually going on and this is the thing since the end of the first issue june's been so separated from everyone else and we've just been sticking with her that we have no yep. idea what's happened to the sheriff or her boyfriend but we're hearing these snippets and right. uh, you know we don't know what to really believe or trust uh it's really giving it a nice mystery vibe that's you know we're theorizing a bit but like um you know so i think this is a either six or seven issues so seven now yeah, so seven. we'll so we'll see. But that was issue three. What are you giving it, Matt? Oh, I'm giving this a nine. Car? Yeah, I'm gonna go slightly below with an eight point five. I'll agree with the eight point five, I think. Go with eight point okay. five. So there you go. That is uh, that is the book. And that brings an end to the books on this episode and all the books of this week. So we're at the portion of the show where we're going to pick our favourites, favourite panel slash moment, favourite art, favourite cover, and of course, top five And, and then basically, why is everything Doomsday Clock? Yeah, but I also have honourable mentions that I want to spotlight, so... Are know. we doing honourable mentions? That seems I like always cheating. do. No, I always do. You know, me and Pete always say, hey, it's going to be this, but we also like this. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, yeah, so I, there's some others. Hmm. Um, all right, well, panel slash moment, Matt. So, so I really love it in Harleen, that Ivy, like, because I'm a self-parody at this point. <laughs> uh-huh. That's fantastic, right? But it is from Doomsday Clock, and I could have picked from a bunch. Like, there's the Kents, mm-hmm. right? coming out and you know hugging Lois and Clark but there's the big moment when the the Legion and the Justice Society arrive the big when double time splash. has been fixed yeah and Soups is right in the middle of that yeah and I just it kind of represents what this book does and and put Superman at the center so that that's my moment Donna well that was gonna be mine because it's fantastic <laughs> uh what else do I like in Doomsday? Well, I'm picking oh, that oh, one as well, so I don't care if Matt picked it. That's, that's the, no, that's no, the winner. I, some variety. As, you know, we, we can all agree that really that's There's the no, there's no rules saying we have to have different ones. There's <laughs> not, but I like spotlighting some different things as, as well as just the same thing over and over, even though that is probably the best moment. Uh, I'm going to go with the... Um, the. It's a little bit later in Doomsday Clock. It's the page where... You know, Superman's there and you know, and all his allies return, and it's kind of just a spread of all these heroes that some, some we have right now, obviously, um, some we haven't seen in a while, and you know, there's, and there's some that are that are new there, and you know, and, and all the the narration talking about how, you know, change is constant, but we'll always come back to Superman and his allies eventually. All right, I'll also give a shout out to I moved the lantern back panel just because. That's a good one. Because that line yeah. is just that's where the spark is. It's beautiful. Uh, so favorite cover of the week, Matt. So this is the one that's not going to be Doomsday Clock because the Doomsday Clock ones are good. But Tula Lote's variant for Basketful of Heads, really, I really dig. I have not seen any of the variants. Yeah. So, well, it helps if you if you go to to Diamond and, and look there because they're there. You just have to hit back on the date can you go back on diamond yeah yeah 
Oh. That's why when you said that they're not there anymore, I was like, yeah, he's going to hit back. I didn't realize you could go back on Diamond. I never tried it. Yeah. It's not well, in that travel. case, I'm going to go and have a look at the scenario. What the hell? All Keep right, so I'll give, I'll, give some, I'll give some time for Connor to look, too, because there's... The covers, I don't know. They don't really pop out this week. Um, well, it's almost harder having to pick from 15 bloody books, most of which have two yeah. covers. <laughs> uh, the Shazam variant's pretty cool. Um, it looks like a, a something from the movie. I like that one. Um, Dead Earth looks like a, a metal cover for an album. That, one, that one's pretty cool, I guess. Uh, Harleen. I guess is that the playing card variant with the Joker, Harley, and Ivy? Well, yeah, it's hard to argue with uh, Sajik. It's hard to argue with Sajik, yeah. right? <laughs> it's hard to argue. Um, Aquaman? Who did this Aquaman one? This looks like something out of a D&D manual. Uh, of course, there's a Matina Batman Stevens. variant. If, yeah. uh, that there's always fancy. a Matina Batman variant. Right? Yeah. Honestly, I, I've narrowed it down to two. One of them is the uh, the, the Tula Lote uh, basketball heads, and I said that's right? great. Right. Uh, the other one I'm going to go with is the the Carrie Andrews variant for Joker Killer Smile. Yeah, that one's kind of cool too. I like that there are two Carrie, Andrea, uh, Carrie Andrews variants this week. That are both great because the yeah, the Shazam ones. Is that him too? Yep. Wow, the one that looks like okay. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, Shazam variant's pretty good. This is the Killer Smile one. Um, I actually really like the regular Basketful of Heads. That's variant. nice as well. There's, a, do lot, too. there's a lot yeah. of really solid covers. Had, had I known there was a Tula Lote variant, I would have picked it up for Basketful of Heads um, and not just grabbed my copy. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, the variant's nice too. I can't really fault it. As for my favourite, I mean... I'm actually There's also a Matina variant for Suicide Squad. If anyone missed out on that one, um, I'm actually just gonna go with a regular Doomsday Clock cover. Um, sometimes simplicity uh, and yeah. less is more, and it's just the you know that close up of the Superman logo with a little bit of blood. It's nice. Yeah, uh, and, and it's the first panel as well of yeah. the of the story. So I think, just in terms of what's an iconic image that I'm always going to remember, that's what that is. I'm always going to remember that's yeah. Doomsday Clock Twelve. You know, mm-hmm. always. Yeah. So, uh, that's my cover of the week. Uh, so, favorite art of the week. Can, can we just run down the top tier artists we have to choose from here? Sure. Because we got we got Leo Max, we got Capullo, we've got uh, Marquez, we've got Janin, we've got Gary, Frank, we've got Sejic, Redondo. Yeah, we've got Sorrentino. Uh, Connor, well, there's only one answer though. I know, but I wanted to just okay. highlight. Yeah, we got Epting and uh, Daniel Warren Johnson on 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 Wonder Woman Dead Earth. That's like ten top tier artists right there, all on the same week. Gary Frank. It, it's Gary Frank, yeah. But the point is, yeah. we could have done a top five of artists this week, and all of them have been better than some of the other weeks that we. Had. I mean, Cedric might be Gary Frank and, and many a week, but there was too much emotional impact in the art and Doomsday Clock yep. Twelve to yeah. to not sway it. So Gary yep, Frank. Yep, yep. Yeah, I was gonna joke it's, answer and say. Cedric, but that, that's a lie. This is, this is why I, I wanted to really highlight good. some of the others because, yeah, no, it, I get it's it. I get it. Uh, all right. Well, in that case, here's the, here's the real task. Matt, five, actually, top five books. That's quite easy looking at them all uh, 
right here. So the five, number one were the bullets, Doomsday Clock. Uh, number two is the other ten, Scarlane. Um, that's where it gets a little more difficult because I can't remember because I don't write my my numbers down. Mm-hmm. Um, where it gets more difficult, but I do know I gave basketball heads a nine. <laughs> uh, so that's a that's a three, that's a three. Um, Probably gave about yeah. six other nines though. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't think so. I'm not going to Suicide Squad because I did I did like that quite a bit. Mm. So that's four. Yeah, what, what goes in the five spot that I really enjoyed? Batman, obviously. Uh, yeah, you're funny. Um. Do I go Lolo Woods because I did enjoy that, or do I do something else? Oh, you know, I'll give it to Jimmy Olsen. So yeah, so so Doomsday Clock, Harleen, Basketful of Heads. Um, wait, yeah, Suicide Squad, Jimmy Olsen, Bill. Carter. Okay, so Doomsday Clock and then Harleen, one and two, nice and easy. Uh, after that, I think Suicide Squad at three. Mm-hmm. And Lolo Woods at four. Five's tricky. I got a few. It's uh, that five is either Basketball of Heads, Jimmy Olsen, or Killer Smile. And I think I'm gonna edge it to Killer Smile. All right. My number one is Doomsday Clock. My number two is Harleen. Number three is Suicide Squad. Because then Tom Taylor will be. It's, it's just copying me at this point. Um, yeah, it'd be original. I gave Suicide Squad like a nine. Like we give it, give me peace. Um, right, and then, <laughs> oh, this is where it gets tougher. Yeah. Um, number number four, I'll give to Killer Smile, and number five, I'll give to. Basket full of heads. Nice. So there we go. There we go. 80% of ours are the same, Pete. Yeah. That's weird. Well, 80% the same as Connor as well. It's just, it's just... I know. So, um, yeah. you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Lola Woods, which was impressive. I'll give a, give a, yeah. you know, a solid good time to Dead Earth 1 and Batman Superman, but... Yeah. Uh, it was a Batman really Superman good week. almost made it. Yeah. Well, I mean... It was, it was a really good week, and then there was Batman. That's the thing. I mean, you have seventeen books. You're bound to have a few good ones. <laughs> yeah, but it's not, I still think it's not fair putting Harleen and Doomsday Clock on the same week. Honestly, looking at mine, I've I've got like ten books that on another week would have been in the could have been in the top five out of my fifteen. So no, it's it was a good week. Yeah, I want to make it clear. Like, I really enjoyed Metal Men, but it's not you know it's competing not top with those tier with the others, is it? Yeah. 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 So that's what it is, but there you go. That's uh, that's our picks for this week. Uh, so I'll tell you what's coming on the next regular week of books, which is obviously not next week; it's the week after. Uh, in terms of the in terms of the show, because we're doing our annual episode this week, doing our best of. So look out for uh, links to the Google Doc with the voting uh, for you guys to sort of get involved in that. Um, which will actually probably go out on Christmas Day, admittedly. Now I'm thinking about the timeline, but you'll have a few days. Obviously, uh, you'll have until. Uh, Saturday morning, basically, to uh, get your votes in. So, 
so make sure you've got your votes in by Saturday. But uh, what is coming uh, next time we get books on the 1st of January on New Year's Day? We got Action Comics 1018. We got Batgirl 42. Batman Beyond 39 is also out. We have Detective Comics 1018. Dial H for Hero, Hero issue 10. Uh, do, 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 do. Harley Quinn 69 is out. Flash 85. Flash 85 is out. Don't worry, my, my, I, I did see it, but I just went to Harley first. He, he just decided he didn't want to talk about Flash that time. Well, no, because he saw Harley Quinn 69 and went, nice. <laughs> uh, Joker Harley Criminal Sanity issue 2 is finally out. Uh, so yeah. that should be cool. Um, and then we got Just Like Dark issue 18. Lois Lane number 7. Martian Manhunter number 11. Red to Delta 41. Superman Giant issue 1. We don't really talk about them usually, but it caught my eye. Uh, no, ter- that one has a new story by Robert Venditti, so I'm curious about that one. Mm. I think they all have like new stories in them, but yeah, they're physical do. only, and, aren't they? Yeah, and so I, I look at them and go, huh, do I want to pick that up? $5 for a Venditti story? Maybe not, because it might be collected somewhere else, but someone else might, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, if, if, it's, if it's going to be like a six-part story, it probably will have a trade eventually, so... Uh, well, I don't. So I don't think those are. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the giant stories are kind of one-offs. Oh, well, they one-offs. But I mean, collected elsewhere. Maybe, maybe show up in an annual or a. They might special. do a like a trade collecting yeah. all the stories from the giants. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yes, uh, and was that the last one? That was the last one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, terrific. Oh, terrific. Twenty-three is also out. There but... you go. That's the last one. Uh, so it's kind of a weird week because you've got a few regular week one books with all the week four stuff that didn't come out this week in advance. Uh, so it's a bit of a hodgepodge of a week. Still pretty quiet. Like, I, I count seven books, which is obviously less than just the back half of this week. Uh, yeah. Although I, I believe uh, Joker Harley Criminal Sanity, C- Criminal Sanity is bigger, right? Yeah, so that's, that's, a, that's like a 40-page book or whatever it was. Yeah, Maybe. I thought so. So, uh, so that's cool. Uh, I enjoyed the first issue of that. Uh, so I'm curious to see issue two. Um, but yeah, kind so, of a, a slow start to the year, though it feels like, doesn't it? That is a uh, week one of twenty twenty. Uh, just a couple of things to remind you: there will be bonus episodes for the Flash seven fifteen, Wonder Woman seven fifteen, January and February, and we do have our uh, episode two hundred coming up at the end of March. So there's a couple of big sort of milestoney things happening soon. Uh, which uh, who knows what we're doing for them? To be honest, at this point, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure we'll do something. But we'll, we'll do some extra special questions or something or i don't know hopefully it falls on a quiet week thank you very much for joining us this is because the multiverse episode 187 uh you can of course let us know what you think of all the books in the comments you can like and subscribe and all the usual stuff you guys on the twitters at dc comics podcast to let us know what you think and, and talk to us and share us out on the twitters and the social medias that helps us out a lot as does of course go to patreon.com slash tv where you can support us for as little as one dollar per month and get some bonuses and some other things so go and have a look if i'll take this time to thank our patreon producers for the month so thank you to david short Alison and fordyce cindy palacious and tyler hess for being our producers for the month uh so you can be a producer at twenty dollar tier or up but of course you don't have to do that you can support us for as little as one dollar per month so go and have a look and see if you're interested um but yeah that's basically us uh, obviously i'll once again uh, sort of uh, pimp out a couple of things uh we did a big star star wars rise of skywalker review all three of us 
just recently. So you can find that on the YouTube page uh, or on the Mail Fuzz Movies podcast feed, and you can check out that. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff going on right now too. Um, Mr. Robot, of course, I'll just wrap it up. Me and Corbin reviewing that. The finale's uh, just about. I mean, by the time this goes up, the finale review uh, will be there. And we also have, of course, uh, Lost in Space season two just starting. So me and Corbin reviewing that too. Uh, so go check out all these things that are going on uh, but that's us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep reading DC Comics guys and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force Music